Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, y'all thought we was gonna y'all thought we was gonna start late tonight, didn't y'all? Ha ha. We was a little late, two minutes late. What up, people? Brody, what's up? I see you in the chat, homie. We are back. Another uncomfortable conversation. You know how we do. If we can't talk what's unpopular, then we're not looking at everything that's on the table. We're not looking at all sides of the argument, all sides of the coins. And these are the conversations that I love to have. I love to have these controversial topics. Today we're talking 5G and COVID. You guys know me. I'm in the tech projects. If you look in the description box, you'll find my tech tech projects right at the bottom. This series is sponsored by particularly Jifatas. Yo, Victor Life, what's up, homie? Shout out to the homies in the chat. Shout out to Hotep Dutch in the chat. I see the homies. But today, I have a very, very, very special guest for you. When I say Hotep, I mean this dude, Hotep. Like, his name is Hotep. Y'all see it. Some of y'all might not even be able to pronounce it. But this man is Hotep to the core. Not not, not that pseudo-Hotep that you might hear, you know, rhetoric, da-da-da-da. We're talking about good, hard scholarship. Somebody's going to provide you with the facts. And today we're going to talk about 5G and COVID. I'm really excited to talk about this topic, especially with this brother. I think he's going to come with a very a very good take, uh, a take that I think I would agree with and, um, you know, potentially add to. But I think this is a great conversation. But without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and introduce the homie, Jehudi Ma'a-Ra. Greetings, peace, beloved. How, what? So, 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 Hootie Ma'at Ra is a Hotep, Hotep, Hotep name. You got to tell me the story behind that. It's a very interesting story. It began in 2000. My name was not Hootie Ma'at Ra. But I started noticing a very weird phenomenon in my apartment. Anytime I was in my comedic section of my library, this is my home library. Here, I'm in my office, but in my home library, way more books than I have in the office, I have categories. I have law. I have mythology. I have feminist studies. I have the whole nine, including comedic studies. Now, when I would go to the comedic studies part of my library, I began to hear in a neat, Joe Black fashion, a whisper that was in my head. But at that time, I didn't know it was in my head. And it would say, Tootie. <laughs> what the f? I look around. Tootie. Man, this went on for a whole year. Uh. I thought something was going on with me because I had my little run ins with authorities, what have you. And it's like, damn, are they doing something to me? Yeah. And in early 2001, beloved, it clicked. I kept hearing the name Chihuti. Yeah. I also heard Ma'at. Uh-huh. I was able to put it together. I said, you know what? There's no Tahuti after me. Uh. I am Tahuti. 
Uh. The message is you are Tahuti. And if you know anything about the God Tahuti, and you can spell it T-E-H-U-T-I or the DJ. I chose the DJ because I like to be different. You're dealing with a dude who had so many deep attributes, which is why initially I didn't want to take the name. I didn't want to deal with the reality of it. But Tahuti being the God of the netherworld, guiding people from one world to the next, quote unquote death, transition, the scribe. And for the life of me, beloved, I could not write. Like I could write, but I could not create a book. I didn't know when to stop. I had so much information. I should say, man, forget this. I can't do this. I'm not going to even write. But when I became Tahuti, who was also known as the great scribe, I could write. Started writing my first ebooks, started writing my first articles. So everything that Tahuti was, I became when I took the name. I got in the law when I changed the name to Tahuti. And Tahuti brought the law from the heavens down to man. Law clicked. Everything clicked. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to rock this name here. I'm going public. I'm already radical. People all already tease me. This man changed his name every three, four, five years. So I was like, what the hell? We'll do it one last time. This <laughs> name that originates on the continent. You know, before I was in Arabia, I was in Europe. So this name originated on the continent. I said, this is it. This is my last name change. So that's how I got Tahuti Madara. Are you, are you Tahuti himself? I would have to say that um, the, the personification in this day and age, in this present dispensation. So it's, an, not, it's, an, not, it's not limited to just one. You're an expression. You're an expression of that. Exactly. exactly. I get it. I love it. Exactly. Yeah. That's how I feel. That's how I feel about my homie Jesus. Okay. Yeah. With names come responsibilities. You know, so sometimes it's kind of, yeah, for certain people, I guess it's cool for them to have a name that they don't understand so they can just wild out. You know, because if you've got a name with, with, with serious attributes, serious responsibility, serious duties, especially in this day and age, man, it, it can be rough. I mean, I'm not going to fake the funk, man. There are not times when I want to put some rocket boosters on my back, man, and, and just beam up to Scotty and get the hell off of planet Earth, you know? I have those moments. Mm. How do you deal with that? I mean, I deal with it, you know, uh, being a tourist, you know, I'm grounded. So um, I entertain certain thoughts, you know, it's like little movies in my head. And, uh, you know, then I, I come back down to earth, man. You know, I take my entheogens, you know, I do my spiritual thing, my meditation, what have you, reflect on my life and, and I'm good again. That's why you always, you see me tweeting almost daily, life is beautiful. Life is grand. Like that's that's not some automatic software type of application that I have installed. Like that's coming from these little fingers. Every day, life is grand. Life is blissful. Life mm. is wonderful, and it is. I mean, it's been a hell of a life. Mm. It's mm. not that I have a fear of dying. I just have a life worth living. It's a sound, hell of a life. You sound like the law of attraction in the secret. You know, I would like to say that I feel that I've internalized those because I was into the law of attraction before it became popular in 2006. I got a copy from uh, the dearly beloved artist, the Prince, or Prince, um, from a person who worked with him. And this was back in 2005. So the celebs, artists, they would get movies, documentaries before the, the masses or before the public. And I got it about a year 
yeah, maybe about 14, 15 months before it uh, blew up. And I was like, wow, like that's what I'm into. Because I got into angels, I got deep into my spirit guides, I got into that that stuff, that subject matter around 2003, 2004. The secret did not jump off until 2006. So when I saw the secret, I'm like, oh snap. Like they're talking about the things that I've implemented these past two, three, four years. So law of attraction like is my thing, man. I mean, these days it's it's almost scary the way I can manifest like that, man. And and I've done it across the board. Money, relationships, material things. But here's the key. I utilize the law of attraction more so for spiritual things rather than material things. Uh. When you utilize the law of attraction for spiritual things, dealing with personal development more so than the material thing, you get them quicker. See, the thing about the secret was they utilize the material to get the attention of Westerners. So you saw the house and the mansion and the car and the job, all material things, right? And I'm not crapping on them, not pointing the finger saying those things are bad. I'm just pointing out something. However, the law of attraction, like all law, there's metaphysics to it. It's not just one dimension, it's not just material. Before the material, it is spiritual. So just like you can use the law of attraction to attract material things, you can use the law of attraction to attract things of a spiritual nature. You can use the law of attraction to attract the resources by which you can develop yourself. And then you become the magic wand. You become the genie bottle. Then you're really living. Mm. Mm. Then, then you're really living. Because, for example, from time to time I think about how I used to have to depend on people to bail me out, like my parents or a sibling. Yo, you know, can I hold 50 until I get <laughs> Can I hold a C note? You know, until next month what happened. Yeah. Moms, can you help me out? You know, mm-hmm. like, there was a time I really lived like that. I didn't know about money angels, man. I didn't know about the law of attraction. I didn't know about these things that I had at my fingertips that anytime I was quote unquote in need, I can wave that magic wand and bam and have it. Because when it hit, man, it hit, man. And it was mind boggling. And I, I see, I'm like this. Of course, we're very, very, very practical, right? And then I'm a human. I'm here in the matrix. So, you know, I got that self-accusing spirit. Like, man, this shit too good to be true, man. You got to ask for some shit that you ain't going to get. So you can say, yes, I know this shit. Oh, let me just go on back and be the way that I used to be. So let me test it. And so I would, you know, work with small numbers, small amounts, 200 $250, $500, 1000 And the trip about it, bro, was I would get it. 250, boom, I would get it. 500, I would get it. 1,000, I would get it. And so I kept doing, I was doing the process, right? Asking, requesting higher amounts, get one thing, move to the next, work your way up, right? Crawl, I was doing all of that. And I was getting it. So I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm tired of this. I'm just about to go for the gusto. Universe, I require $5,000 which was major for me back then, early turn of the century. 
I met a dude who used to work with uh, Smokey Robinson. He used to sing with the Miracles. And he found out about me. His daughter had some legal issues. He found out about me, called me, and he wanted to hire me for my services. His retainer was $4,500. I'll put that in the mail to you. Cool, no problem. I'm not thinking about what I put out in the universe because I put it out and I went back to handling my business. And then a Thursday, somebody called and said, Tahuti, I need six detoxes that I want to pick up from you Friday morning. My boy came through, picked up the six detoxes. They were C-notes back then, $100, $600. And I was about to go buy some crystals at Venice Beach. I said, you know what? I said, I didn't check the mail today. Right, I was feeling good because I had the, six, the $600 only. I was about to go invest in some crystals. I said, I didn't check the mailbox today. So I stopped the car, go to the mailbox, open it up, boom. I get this check from my man, Pete. I open it up. Damn, okay, man, check for $4,500. I'll cash this bad boy on Monday. Get back in the car, ready to take off. I stop. I was like, holy shit. 600 plus 45 is 51. Now, I asked the universe for 5,000, got $100 more, but the point is, I got the five grand just like that. Mm. That right there, brother, was one of two things that convinced me. And the and the second thing real quickly was I had to try it in the realm of a relationship. With oh. a and I aimed for somebody that I would, back then I would deem or dub out of my league, Leo female. She was a oh, Korean American. Oh yeah, she she was Leo and uh, you know, she, she was a looker, um, you know, Rolled around her Mercedes Benz, had her offices, had a nice, tight, fat place in the hills of Glendale. And I said, you know what? Because, you know, I, this, I got the self-accusing spirit like this shit is not true. So you got to do something so it can be proven to you. So you can be convinced because there's a part of you that doesn't want to be convinced. So I said, you know what? Let me go ahead and try it on her. So I worked the love ritual with the pink stones and <laughs> blood and and just all the stuff that's really a blood is dragon's blood, which is a resin, which oh. is a good fortune, attraction, love, real powerful. Uh, the pink stones, you know, your 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 pink hairsaw, your your road across side, road at night, rose quartz, all of that good stuff. In the love corner, we're dealing with feng shui here. In my love corner, and I'm working the ritual. I kid you not, beloved. After doing this, two weeks later. I'm cleaning up the apartment. I'm sweeping the floor and the doorbell goes off. And I'm like, people don't come by and just ring my doorbell. You know, back then it was really the, uh, the authorities. And back then around 2004, I was straight. Opened the door and it was this particular female, the Leo with Venus and Scorpio in her chart. So she said, um, Tahuti, I've known you for a long time. And I was divorced too, like two years divorced. She was like, Tahuti, I've known you for about a good seven, eight, nine something years. You, you were married, so you was off guard. But now you're not, we've never gone out. Tahuti, we should, we should go out. And I'm mm. like, she walked over to do this too, because she didn't stay that far from me. Oh, and okay. when she left, I was like, I said, damn, that's kind of strange. Went back to sweeping, had that same moment, man. Like, wait a minute. I'm like my father now. I'll be God damn. This shit really works. Two weeks ago, 
I did my ritual for this woman here because I deemed her to be out of my league. Mm -hmm. And she came to me. I didn't pursue her. She pursued me. And mm -hmm. I dated her for, for several months and knew, knew you know, I just knew that the, the, the synastry wasn't there, astrological term. It, you know, Leo and Taurus is the worst match in all of astrology, at least predicated upon the sun signs. So mm -hmm. having a heart, I'm not like most cats who are like, oh man, that's my fantasy. Oh, I'm about to G that. She going, I'm going to smash them cookies. I'm not <laughs> the type of dude. I'm like, gee, she, you know, she's my friend, good person. I don't love her. And then, you know, physically she's banging and all, but you know, I'm a principal person. I have my own sexual code that I live by that's responsible for my success. I got to let it go. But the law of attraction works. And that's what I used her for. So I did use her, but in a skillful respect. You ain't cracked them cakes? No, I, I couldn't do it, man. I couldn't do it. You know, I just came out of a legal situation, man, with the child support system. And so that really did something to me. You know, I was like, you know what? Prevention is better than remedy. I don't care how you look. I don't care what you're talking about as far as your cake and the whipped cream and all that stuff on it. I can't get caught up, you know? So that kind of helped to keep me on the, on the straight and narrow. You're a good man, dog. Hey man, it's, I have to say that a large chunk of my success is just righteous living. You know, I don't, I don't preach it for other people, but for me, I wrote the code of Tuti Matra. I live by that. And that's where my success comes from. I can sleep good every night. I told the FBI, I had two FBI agents who came by my place on a Friday, September 27, 2002, 9.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, right? FBI, bow, Mr. My Rock, can we talk to you? Um, at first, I, I didn't want to talk to them, but I guess the angels like, go ahead and do it, man. We got you covered, you know? And, and in that two-hour dialogue, I mean, it was an interrogation, but it, it felt like a dialogue to me. I mean, they were really cool, really civil. In that two-hour dialogue, it, one of the agents inquired of me, why I was so calm? Like, how come you're not afraid? And I guess they really expected me to be, I guess, from the other people that they've interrogated. And I said, uh, respectfully, um, I've done nothing wrong. I live a righteous lifestyle. I know my actions. And he looked at his partner and then he looked back at me and he said, well, tell me this. What can I No, What can we do to be as calm as you? And I said, you know, I don't know if that's going to be possible because of who your employer is. Your employer got a hell of a history. I, I, don't, I don't know if you can work it. But anyway, I live righteous day in and day out to the best of my ability. Therefore, I sleep good every night. I sleep better than babies every single night. Now, where am I going with this? As I told those agents. The best remedy for a good night's sleep is a clear conscience. Uh. And the only way you're going to have a clear conscience is from daily righteous conduct. Uh. You knowing what you have done in the day. You cannot be set up because you know what you did that day and the previous day and on and on and on. You know. You think that's linked to depression? You said what now? You think that's linked to depression? A part of it, like people failing, failing that part of life. A, a part of it, but yeah, there are many variables um, that tie into uh, depression. There, there's the spiritual, you know, component. There's the emotional component. Um, overall, it's a lifestyle uh, thing, a lifestyle situation. But there are a lot of components to depression. 
I can go back into the 1980s with my mom, you know, and her depression. You know, she was depressed, you know, for a minute. And a lot of that was, I would say, the impoverished times. You know, we didn't live in poverty, but we had a lot of impoverished times, you know, a lot of heartache and pain, inability, not being able to, you know, do certain things, manifest certain things, do certain things for yourself, for, for your children. Next thing I know, boom, mom is straight depressed. After depression, mom had a nervous breakdown, you know? So, I mean, that's a whole other show in and of itself, but it plays a part, man. It plays a part. It plays. Mm. I've never been, you know, depressed. I'll have my moments when I'll think about the world, like, damn, that's pretty messed up how they murdered Dr. King. Like, wow, that's pretty messed up how we got a constitution and they crap on it. Like, that's pretty messed up. You know, my mind is always working, you know? So it's not out how did they? How did they, uh, how did they crap on the Constitution? Oh, my goodness, man. Oh, well, the first thing they did was they hijacked the de jure republic, the United States of America that was formed in uh, uh, 1776. Uh, and there, there were like different dates, you know, so you had the Declaration of Independence, but you also had the Constitution 1787, you had the Bill of Rights 1791. But when it was done, when it was done, it was it was a great document you know and if, if people want to get off into the whole the black man we were slept like, like that's cool too but i'm not dealing with that overall right for this nation it was a damn good document it is a damn good document if it's going to be enforced right so when you understand the the, the bill of rights when you understand the articles you know the duties of congress and you know uh, lawful uh, money, you know, being a coin, a silver, gold coin. You understand all of that stuff, man, in a historical perspective, a national historical perspective. Mm -hmm. And then you start looking back on the 1940 Buck Act. You start looking back on the 1913 or 1912 Federal Reserve Act that went into effect in 1913. When you start looking at all of these things, you see how these people have crapped on the Constitution. You cannot have traffic tickets with that de jure public constitution. You can't, you can't even have income taxes. You can't have child support. I mean, a lot of like what's going on right now, you could not have that if the constitution was not crapped on. The states have power, the states, I'm in California. California, we're on lockdown just like all the 49 other states, but it started here. And in many respects, it, things are a little stricter here than in other places. And we're talking liberal California. Right. So when you understand that the states have state power pursuant to the 10th Amendment, which is in the Constitution, you're a citizen. I'm a citizen. Right. The 340 million other people are citizens. The Bill of Rights is for us. The Bill of Rights is a part of the Constitution. The Ninth Amendment secures all of the previous rights from one to eight the religious freedom and, 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 the, and the right to, to uh, redress, get redress from, from government, petition the government for redress uh, of grievances and, and, and the right to be secure in your person and just the whole nine up until, up until the Eighth Amendment, protected by the Ninth Amendment. And then we jump from the Eighth over to the Ninth and we get to the Tenth, which give the states their right for state sovereignty. So now you got the state of California and probably like the state you're in, doing the same thing. You can't do this, you can't do that. Pursuant to, this is a city document, but a public order or a state emergency order, order and order, not a law, but an order, we got, we got problems. Because if your power comes from the 10th Amendment, 
hey, man, you know, I wasn't the best when it came to math, but I do know that nine comes before 10. And if the Ninth Amendment secures me all of my rights from eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, going backwards, how in the hell can you use the Tenth Amendment to deprive me of what's guaranteed to me in the Bill of Rights under state powers? Because I got, I have the law dictionary right here with the case law in it. The state powers come from the authority of the Tenth Amendment, and the states do have a quote-unquote sovereign power but subject within constitutional limitations. And what are those constitutional limitations? Some are applicable pertaining to government, but most deal with us. You cannot take away the rights of the people secured by the constitution. You cannot expect me to convert my right into a privilege and then charge me a fee to have a license to exercise the right. In other words, this is a case, uh, Murdoch versus Pennsylvania, 319 U.S. 105. This is the case law for people who want to look that up. 319-105, Murdoch versus Pennsylvania. A state cannot convert a right into a privilege and require a license and a fee for the exercise of the right. Well, what happened to the right to travel? You converted that into the privilege to drive. You don't have a right to drive. You have a privilege to drive. And a privilege and a right is not the same thing. Just like a resident and a citizen is not the same thing. Notice in California, we are California residents. We are not California citizens. That in and of itself lets you know that the con Constitution has been crapped on because the Constitution, no Constitution, federal or state, mentions resident. It mentions citizens. There is a difference. Residents, the word resident goes back to this crapping on the Constitution this tyranny, because a resident comes from the word res-ident. Res in law means property or thing. Ident is short for identification, to identify. So a resident is a thing to be identified. You're property of the state. You're a thing. You are a thing. Things do not have rights. The slaves were things. They didn't have rights. So this is modern day slavery, economic, financial slavery, political slavery. You don't have right. You are a resident. <laughs> Wherever you go, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, doesn't matter. You are a thing to be identified. Mm. And so you have privileges, right, which can be granted and which can be denied. But here's the funny thing. We're going to make you apply for this privilege. Could you imagine, good brother, somebody put a gun to your head, putting a gun to your head and saying, if you don't apply for this Visa credit card, I'm gonna blow your brains out. If you don't apply for this MasterCard, I'm gonna kidnap your wife. You know, menace, duress, coercion. If you don't apply for this privilege, privilege is something you apply for, yeah. right? You have credit cards, did they just give it to you? Did you did you just go to the mailbox one day and open it up and like, oh snap, shit, American Express. You know, yeah. damn, Visa, MasterCard, they just gave it to me. No, yeah. no. Who applied for it? Well, let's look at the driver's license. Everybody has to have a driver's license. Okay, if that's the case, then shit, just mail it to me. Why do I have to go to the DMV, take a picture, you know, stand in line, take a picture, thumbprint, you know, pay $35, $40, $50, whatever the fee is? Why do I have to do all of that if it's a privilege uh. that I have to apply for? Why? Because 
You are a thing to be identified. Coerced, we got that gun to your head. We're gonna make you apply for this privilege. Now we ain't really tripping on the, the Visa and the MasterCard, what have you, hell, we'll get you through, through work. You, we'll make you get a job and we'll get our money through, you know, through your paycheck. Deductions, yeah. you know, which deals with the crapping of the constitution. You know, because most people think uh, un unemployment insurance, disability insurance, uh, what's the other one that the, the federal one, social security. Do you know that most Americans think that those things are really insurances? And do you think, do you know that these people think that every pay period, when they look at their check and they see, damn, okay, you know, social security got me for this, Medicare, uh, social security, Medicare got me for this, uh, the state of California, the state of New Jersey, New York got me for this because of state disability. Damn, they got me again for UI, for unemployment insurance. You go down the list, be like, damn, the federal government got me, the state got me, but shit, I'm covered, right? This is insurance. Some people are like, you know what, hell, I would wanna do it because I want the insurance. They're legally unastute because you can go to Black's Law Dictionary right now, beloved, and do the research of everything I'm saying. And you're gonna find out that these things are not insurances, they are taxes. They're taxes. Yeah. Why do you think you have to apply for them? You hear the people on Twitter, my brother got turned down for social security. Like, wait a minute, lady, he paid every paycheck. How the hell can he get turned down? I tell you what, you go to New York Life or Prudential or MetLife, pay your premiums every month for 15 years, 20 years, 25, 30 years, and then let them tell you, let a private company tell you, oh, uh, we're sorry, uh, we denied your claim and see if a riot don't take place, a one man or two man riot don't take place. <laughs> and that damn building get burned down. Yeah. You, you, you can't do that. That's fraud. Yeah. But you're the government, state and federal, guess what? You get to do that. <laughs> you can work 40 years, pay off into social security, Medicare, unemployment, disability, and be denied. That's called <laughs> constructive fraud. That's dumping on the constitution. It's it's crazy, but it's so much what do you think about the uh the COVID nineteen bill and some of the things that are put in there? I, I, that's like asking me, what do I think about the Patriot Act? Dude, it's all unconstitutional, man. It's all unconstitutional. Listen, now this this is a city document, but you can I can pull up the state of California, any other state, and it's gonna say the same thing. Emergency order. Order. I'm ordering you to do something. That's military. See, now we're dealing with maritime admiralty law we're not dealing with a constitution we're dealing with maritime admiralty law you're in the military now so we're giving orders we're giving orders <laughs> we're going to give you the, the state order the emergency order the city of glendale public order that's what they're giving us like order what the, what the hell is an order well an order is law it is well what type of law because if we understand the Constitution, we have the supreme law, right? And we know that the Constitution of the United States of America is the supreme law, pursuant to Article 6, Section 2 of that document. And that document specifically states that anything in any state law, to the contrary, notwithstanding, anything in any state law, to the contrary of the Constitution, is not even law. It has to jive. It has to harmonize. So you pass an order and you tell me that, hell, oh, I don't have the freedom to go out in society no more. I got to cover up. I got to do A, B, Z. Well, the Fifth Amendment says that 
my right to personal liberty is, uh, is secure, liberty. I'm, I'm free to do whatever I want to do as long as I don't harm or, or violate another person. So, so, it, so, so this lockdown is unconstitutional? You damn skippy. You damn skippy it is. It is unconstitutional. It violates personal liberty. Look, I said it on social media years ago. Obamacare was unconstitutional. And then when uh, shortly after Trump took office and the federal court in Texas ruled it unconstitutional and the Trump administration said it was unconstitutional, I, I simply said, hey, if it's unconstitutional today, this is shortly after Trump got in office, if it's unconstitutional today, then it was unconstitutional years ago when your boy Obama put it through as legislation. So if it's unconstitutional in the beginning, it's going to be unconstitutional in the end. If it's unconstitutional in the end, it was unconstitutional in the beginning. But if you have a, a, a ignorant populace, right? If you have the Bubis Americanus, a nation of unilinears, a nation of dumb fucks. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing my best to behave from that old one from the YouTube days. But if you have a nation uh, of not so bright people, man, you can do anything you want like they're doing. And the people will not question. And I'll tell you, the biggest tool that these people have is public health and safety. They will screw you under public health and safety. That goes back to the 10th Amendment. But remember, the 10th Amendment gives the state sovereign powers subject to constitutional limitations man what the what are these limitations those limitations are in the bill of rights they're in the bill of rights man the fifth amendment guarantees me the right to personal liberty but here's the thing i love the this subject of law it all ties in together from the from the judiciary the judicial branch the legislative branch and the executive branch it's that damn judicial branch Okay. The Constitution is, is plain, dude. It's it, it's plain. See, when you start dealing with those judges, the gatekeepers, they're the ones who can get gangster with it and say Obamacare is constitutional. How the how the hell is Obamacare constitutional when it forces me to have medical insurance? Man, I'm into naturopathy. I don't deal with no goddamn allopathy. I don't deal with that shit. No disrespect to I, you know. I know people are watching or they're into allopathy. Hey. That's what the constitution is for. That's what it protects. You have personal liberty to do allopathic medicine. You cool with being cut, slashed, burned, drugged out of your mind. You cool with that. And I say, you should have the right to have that happen to you. You should have the right to have chemotherapy and your hair fall out. If you want it, <laughs> eyebrows falling, falling out, palms yellow, the soles of your feet yellow. You, that is your right. But when you force it on people who don't want that, people who are into homeopathy, naturopathy, now you got tyranny, man, because now you're violating their personal liberty. And what happened to the 14th Amendment? Equal protection, equal treatment and protection under the law. How come the naturopath or people into naturopathy, how come we're not treated the same as the people who embrace allopathy? Mm. Uh, well, what happened to the 14th Amendment? What happened to equal treatment and protection? Mm. Did Obamacare uh, cover uh, homeopathy? <laughs> Did Obamacare uh, cover naturopathy? Did your insurance pay for your, your yoga, your meditation, your acupuncture, your acupressure, your infrared therapy? Did it pay for that? Hell no, it did not. It paid for your drugs. 
you uh, goddamn drug thing. That's what it paid for. Yeah. It's unconstitutional, man. Uh, basic is and it's so basic. Now, I got I got pulled over twice here in the city of Glendale, right? Cop gave me a ticket. The first time I actually went to jail, I was doing my sovereignty thing. But I only had two incidences, right? Got a, got the citation. The city attorney got involved. It was a major case. Like, yeah, we're moving against you. We're going to teach you a lesson. That happened to me twice. Won both cases. Piece of cake. And, and, and look, check this out. The second time, I was really guilty. I was on a cell phone. That's a, it's against the statute. I was on a cell phone. <laughs> but look, look, brother, I'm not going to make their job easy. Oh, come on, sir. Just tell me where you're on your phone. I, I'm not going to give you a ticket. I'm like, you know what? You sound like a real cool police officer. But you know what? I have to invoke my constitutional right. Too many Americans are not invoking it. They're letting that beautiful document go to waste. I can't do that. You could be telling me the truth, but no. I'm going to exercise my right to be silent. Backed up under California statutory law, evidence code section 940. That's the right to remain silent. He was like, okay. And he went do 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 and he forgot the citation, the ticket, right? The ticket, which was admission into court. You know, anytime you want to be admitted in something, you have to have a ticket, right? You can't go into the movies without a movie ticket, right? Hmm. You can go to the concert without your concert ticket, right? You're gonna see Shin Yun, you gotta have a ticket to see, to get in the, the theater to see Shin Yun. Well, if you want to see that stage production, right, called uh, Criminal Traffic Court, you got to have a ticket. You have to be admitted. And so he gave me my ticket. So I was admitted to play the game in the traffic court. Went to traffic court and had a field day. I used discovery pursuant to our California Penal Code. And I got a copy of the adverse of his ticket, right? Because officers write notes. This is why you have to use the discovery process, even in a traffic case, because traffic is pseudo-criminal. It's pseudo-criminal, so, you know, there's certain things that apply. Criminal discovery. I have a right to see the back of a ticket. I have a right to see the notes that you took when you stopped me unconstitutionally, of course, because a traffic stop is unconstitutional. I have a right to that, and I got it. And I said, okay, I said, this sapsucker said, he wrote all this stuff down here, right, that I was, uh, that I said I had a Bluetooth, uh, that I'm, I'm um, reserving my constitutional right, and then it was a, there was a third paragraph. So he broke it down into, into three quadrants, if you will. So when I got to court, the officer, the officer said to the judge, your honor, you know, basically Mr. Montrod, you know, I, I asked him this, I asked him that. He didn't say anything, your honor. You know, he chose exercises right and he was just silent. He didn't say anything. And I wrote the ticket and it was done. Then the judge said, Mr. Montrod, your turn. I said, first and foremost, your honor, I would like to object to everything. The judge said, you don't mean everything. I said, everything. Everything the cop said, I object to it. And so the judge was like, that's pretty interesting. I've never heard someone objecting to everything. You know, usually you object to certain things, you know, said or raised. I objected to everything. And so when the judge said, Mr. Montbride, explain yourself. I said, Your Honor, before I do, I, I need to put in the obverse of his citation into evidence. And so the judge said to the, to the bailiff, uh, here, take the paper, get this from Mr. Montbride, bring it up to me. And the bailiff does it. And I said, okay, Your Honor. Under penalty of perjury, the cop just said that Mr. Ma'atrat didn't say anything. I said, so let's look at exhibit one, the back of the traffic citation. Your honor, do you see what I see? And the judge is like, oh shit, right, we have a problem here. He was like, yeah. So 
Your Honor, how could he have written all of that stuff if I didn't say anything? And the judge said, uh, hold on, Mr. Mara. And he leaned over to his left and he said, uh, Officer Fletcher, no disrespect. I'm going to find him not guilty. And it was done. So the cop hits the table. He was a Caucasian officer, hit the table. He was red and he was fuming. Boom. So the judge said, Mr. Myrod, uh, just sit down here. Let, let the officer go first. That's how smoking he was. You know, even the judge could feel it, man. And so we let this dude go out. But I ended up being about like 20 feet behind him. And I kid you not, man, this dude was just shaking his head. Like he couldn't believe that that happened to him. I mean, the judge bailed him out, but that wasn't enough. He was humiliated uh. because I know the law. Uh. I'm not going to do your job for you. I don't lose traffic. To Look, these sapsuckers tried to give me for $1,400. Now, in the first case, they wanted me to pay $1,400 for bail. No, not only do I know constitutional law, I know my state law. I'm in the state of California. I'm in the corporate state of California, so I have to know California law. And I know the California Penal Code, and I know the Civil Code, and I know the Vehicle Code, and I know the majority of those codes that are applicable to me. So when I went to court the first time, the judge called me up. Mr. Magra, how do you plead? Sorry, Your Honor, I can't plead. Why not? I said, I don't have a complaint. Well, the traffic ticket is a complaint. I'm like, the traffic ticket is a complaint? I'm like, that deprives me of due process of law because I don't know who uh, I injured. I don't know who the, the plaintiff is. And the judge said, uh, the plaintiff is a people of the, of the state of California. So the, like, are they, can I call them under the Sixth Amendment to question them? Well, they, well it's an it's a, it's a, a entity, a legal entity. I said, but Your Honor, with all due respect, the law clearly states that it's a contempt of court to move under a fictitious plaintiff. Mr. Marbury, you have a seat, right? <laughs> So he told me to have a seat. And right before lunch, call me back up there. Mr. Myra, do you, do you plead? He wanted me to make it easy on him. Your Honor, I don't, I don't have a complaint. I can't plead. You know, I can, I can demur. He was like, okay, fine. Demur, deny. Okay, come back after lunch. Come back after lunch, which is a 90-minute wait. Court closes at 4.30. 4.25. Court it's clear. All the sardines, they moved out all the sardines, right? All the goats, the goyim, moved them out. They <laughs> called me up there. And he said, okay, Mr. Myra, we got to get out of here. I said, your honor, I cannot plead. He said, the court is going to enter a plea on your behalf. Your bail is set at $1,400. I said, your honor, I object to that. He said, Mr. Myra, on what grounds? I said, on the ground that bail is not applicable. How is bail not applicable? I said, Your Honor, I have four infractions here. California law, California Penal Code 19.6 specifically states an infraction is an offense not punishable by imprisonment, Your Honor. Like, what the hell am I going to bail out of? I'm going to bail out of court? I didn't know court was jail. What am I bailing out from? I get it, Mr. Myra. Have a seat. The clerk came, tapped me on, on my shoulder, gave me a yellow piece of paper. Go see the clerk before the court closed. I went downstairs, they opened up a special window for me and they gave me uh, something written on like a little sticky note. And it said, trial date, January 7, 2003, no bail, no bail. <laughs> Why no bail beloved? Why no, look, I'm not the average person. An infraction, you cannot go to jail for an infraction. You can't go to, even if you lose, you can't go to jail. So uh, what are you bailing out from? Bail legally means to procure release of a prisoner. You're not a prisoner when you go to court. 
You're a litigant. See, like Common said, it's the words, man. It's the words. And in law, it's the words. And I knew that. And I knew the California Penal Code, it, it, it specifically stated, right? It piggybacks on the, on the vehicle code. The vehicle code says, in order to deal with bail, you gotta go to the penal code. And the penal code, which is 1275 here in California, it says to set, reduce, or deny bail. And then there's four elements, or I should say four criterion. In order for a court to set bail, to set, reduce, or deny bail, four things that the judge or the court must take into consideration. The seriousness of the offense, the threat to the public, the defendant's past criminal record, and the defendant's likelihood of coming to trial. Mm -hmm. Those four things are the basis to set, reduce, or deny bail. Mm. Paragraph number two, California Penal Code Section 1275 says, this is for the judge, in taking into consideration the seriousness of the offense charge, the court must take into consideration the alleged injury to the victim. Uh. Who the hell is the victim, man, when you run a red light, man? Who's the victim? What person have you injured by not wearing a seatbelt? Uh, person have you injured by making a U-turn? See, it, it works if you're ignorant, man. But see, if you're astute, man, if you're conscious, it cannot work. Uh, and you're not a threat in the sense that you're not waving a flag, telling everybody else what you know. See, when you know and say, listen, you guys are a bunch of goddamn criminals, a bunch of goddamn frauds. And I know the game, but I'm not trying to pull the plug. I'm not trying to, you know, pull the curtain back to, to expose you guys. I'm simply keeping my money in my pocket. Yeah. That's it. And yeah. so when you come at them from that angle, you don't have any problem. It's respect. You get to walk. And that's what happened to me. And so when I went to uh, uh, trial on January 7, 2003, Man, I had all these legal books, man. I filed a foot thick of legal documents, brother. I filed all type of motions and, and demurs and uh, all type of proposed orders. Man, I one foot thick of documents, man. Judicial notices. Man, I filed everything. And so when the judge said, people of the state of California versus Madra, I was like, here we go. Here we go. I'm ready to duke it out. Man, would you believe I didn't say nothing? You didn't say nothing? I didn't say nothing. So as I got up there, he said, uh, well, pursuant to California Penal Code, Section 1343, Subsection 2, this case is hereby dismissed for, for no late prosecute. Mr. Mott, I'm supposed to have a trial within 45 days. It's 60 days, 50 days beyond that period. The case is dismissed. Mr. right, you have a good day. <laughs> I said, ain't that a bitch? Because they saw all the things, all the, all the cases you found. All day long, bro. I be having fun with it, man. Fun with it. But again, it goes back to I know the Constitution. And see, they can't tell us, hey, listen, guys, we've shitted on the Constitution, man. Like, look, we've hijacked the de jure uh, republic, right? This ain't no goddamn democracy. Like, this is a republic, right? You read the Constitution, Article 4, Section 4, it says the Congress shall guarantee to every state of the union a republican form of government, right? When you do or say the Pledge of Allegiance, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, right? Right. Yeah. Remember, remember that song, the, the the battle hymn of the Republic. You know, so when you study the history, you never see democracy. Right. You only see Republic. Right. And most people today don't know the difference between a Republic and a democracy. 
Correct. And if you take if you take the, the 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 legal definition of democracy by the United States government in general, the the former or defunct War Department, 1930, it clearly lets you know what a democracy is. It's the rule of the mob. It's taking your shit without due process of law. It's gangster. You know, it's a Marlansky type shit, you know, some Lucky Luciano type shit, mafioso. That's what democracy is. And everybody, or democracy, or democracy. I mean, I hear political people, political pundits, all these people on CNN, or democracy, or democracy, or democracy, or democracy. And I'm like, yo, it's over with, man. It's over with. You know, hell, Barack Obama, uh, yeah, uh, ladies and gentlemen, our, our great uh, democracy, you know. <laughs> You hear the CNN comment, Don Lemon, and you know, and, and and it goes against democracy. You know, America's a democracy. And you listen and you listen and you listen and you listen and you realize we are fucked with no Vaseline. Well, the majority of us. Yeah. All of us know the deal and we know how to navigate. Yeah. Because they are gangsters. They're like, yeah, motherfucker, we hijacked this bitch, right? Yeah, I got a glock down. What the fuck? What you gonna do? Yeah. Right. You know, so it's like, okay, I recognize what you got, but look, check this out right here. Read this in silent, away from the sardines over here. All right, cool, we got a deal. Boom, you can go. <laughs> Sardine, you spam me, y'all stay over there. You know, <laughs> you know, so that's that's what it is. You know, yeah. that's the situation. Some people can benefit, most cannot, because they man, you cannot be ignorant and free. Period. You can't be ignorant and free. Like, yo, 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 yeah, motherfucker, yo, motherfucking Esau, I'm a rapper. Dude, you can't be free. That's why your ass went from record sales to a goddamn jail cell. You're ignorant. This is America, man, the land of enlightenment, man. No matter what, you know, you still see the Statue of Liberty, right? You know, holding up the, the torch, the torchlight, right? You know, she, she's the modern day um, a symbol of uh, Semiramis. Right. In other words, Lucifer's wife. Right. Lucifer is is, is, is the, the light bringer, the light bearer. You know, and the ignorant people, that's the devil, says who? But that's another story. Right. So we're dealing with the light bearer. Right. So anytime you have lights, anytime your light is on, you can be free. Hmm. You can be anytime the light is on, you can be. And when I say on, I'm talking about in holistic fashion because the light got to be on in here, too. The light got to be on it here and here. They work together. Heart and mind got to work together in order for you to be free. And it uh. took work, brother. But again, it goes back to be tweeting. Life is beautiful. Life is grand. Life is honky dory. You know, life is peaches and cream. You know, we go hop into some super chats here. It's been lit so far. Type type of one in the box. Type of one in the chat. If it's lit right now, I'm gonna read these super chats off. Chad Lemoyne, appreciate you, homie. He said, Hotep Jesus must have been wondering where I was eight minutes in because boom, here I am. Hotep, <laughs> what up, Chad? Kim, Kim H, she said, Moringa Green. Oh, yeah, Chad, separation of powers protects you about as well as appeal, uh, appealing to Walmart board of directors to complain about a manager enforced com company policy. Lord have mercy. Hotep Dutch said we having gem overload, yo. <laughs> Chad said Hotep to the brother dropping gems. Yeah, we we talking that real that real hardcore law right now, bro. 
I love it. I love it. It's just I feel like I'm in the middle of one of those law series on um, Netflix or something like that. It's like, did you ever see that movie with uh, Denzel? What was it called? Uh, Israel. Oh, yeah. the uh, His latest one. Uh... Was it Israel J or something like that? Israel J English or something like that? Yeah, it was a name. It was named after a name. Yeah, I saw that one. I thought it was, I mean, that was pretty, pretty, pretty good. I thought it was a good film. Yeah, I enjoyed the legal theme film, man. I got a whole collection. That's how I actually learned law. Certain judges will ask you, Mr. Murrah, you ever go to law school? I never went to law school a day in my life. Never went to no. No, never went to college. Didn't have the brains, the money, or the willpower back then. But you learn law from TV shows. Not really, but let me explain to you like this. And like I, they gave you a, I guess they gave you a start point for reference. Well, in all due honesty, beloved, it, it, it's from past lives. So that take you back into the occult and the I'm like, oh shit, he talking this past life shit, what have you. <laughs> I've done the sessions, right? You know, and what came out of it was like books, living in a log cabin and books and having white men during the revolution come to me for law. Like it makes all the sense in the world because it, it comes like this, you know? I didn't go to law school, but I got it. I went up against the, the lawyers, went up against the judges. I shared on Twitter the issue I had with the judge in uh, the divorce case, you know, dealing with the whole child custody and, and what have you. Um, and I was successful, you know? So a lot of people can watch legal shows, but it's not gonna be enough for you to get in court and, you know, to be Bruce Lee with some nanchak, some intellectual verbal, Nanchaku's up in that bad boy, you know. Mm -hmm. So the shows come in handy, teaches you how to walk and, and talk, what have you. Uh, but you got to crack open Black Law Dictionary. You got to crack open Bouvier's. You got to read the, the various books. You know, I'm more of a constitutionalist, so I'm into Thomas Paine. You know, I'm into the Federalist Papers. You know, I'm into Blackstone commentaries, you know, of the common law. You know, I'm, I'm into uh, Locke. I'm into those individuals, uh, uh, Clarence Darrow and yeah, Abraham Lincoln, you know, who uh, never went to law school, right? But he was a lawyer, became president, you know. I'm, I'm into that aspect of law. I'm into jurisprudence, the philosophy of the law, in addition to the quote unquote practice of the law. And see, the key thing is, I understand sovereignty and where the Moors are coming from. I understand all of that. Okay, and these people are on the money. But what I know, and I just got a guy from Hawaii just sent me the information that I was talking about. He said, Mr. Myra, this is what you were talking about uh, when the courts was given a document to teach them how to deal with these quote unquote sovereign people, right? And I just physically got my hand on that, but I met a guy, and I don't know if he was a government agent or what in the early 2000s, but for whatever reasons, and I attribute it to my, you know, Libra in the 12th house, Placidus Orb, but things just always come to me my whole freaking life. It is the most mystical, magical life, man. A great life. I get everything that I require and when I'm supposed to get it. And so I'm with these sovereign people. And we had a couple of CHP officers in there and a couple of attorneys. And it was like this little underground, like little clique, kind of like what Denzel was involved in, in the, the great debaters. Okay. And it was this, this, this white dude, right? And he... I was in the back by the materials, the, the, the VHS or the DVDs or the, the CDs, what have you, booklets. And then he came up to me and he said, uh, you do know the Internal Revenue Service is going to crack down on the sovereign movement. And this was like 2003. And the government hadn't really cracked down on sovereignty the way they would and the way you know they, they did eventually. And I was like, really? Because they were kicking behind back in those days. 
um, you read Beckman and them, you know, um, Joe Bannister. I mean, people was kicking behind it, you know, except for the few blacks, you know, what's the sister in Atlanta, Sherry Peel Jackson. You know, they made an example out of her. Lauren Hill, they made an example out of her. Wesley Snipes, they made an example out of him. But a few of the whites they did too, but like all the blacks just lost. And what was missing was the the the, the spiritual aspect, the, the spiritual logic, the spiritual reason. Because remember, we, we're citizens of two worlds, material and spiritual, they, they work together. You can have your stuff together materially, but if you lack spiritually, it's a wrap. When we say, be ye wise as serpents and gentle, humble as dove, that's spiritual. That's coming from the Bible. That, that's a, the spiritual aspect. You have to use that in a court of law. Like in my cases, I use biblical quotes or Quranic quotes, spiritual quotes, because that's law. It's coming from spiritual law. And that's what protects me. You know, be ye wise as serpents. It didn't say, be ye humble as dove, then be ye wise as serpents. It said, no, be ye wise as serpents. That comes first wise and what is wisdom the ability to live life skillfully so you can't go in court yo you motherfucker y'all know yo fuck that shit you motherfuckers took over to the constitution you motherfuckers work for me you understand i'm the motherfucking uh, employer you the motherfucking you can't go to court talking like that you know and look truth be told you can't be on the street talking to 5-0 like that because they're an extension of the law and you see the outcome of that now i've been hemmed up damn near 45 to 50 times no lie Right, I didn't have the DEA and I had the FBI and I had the state of California, Los Angeles County. Like, I've had my run-ins with authority, right? And that's just some stuff that's in my chart, right? I, I have three planets in the seventh house, which is relationships, partnerships, marriage, divorce, contracts. You know, it, it's legal. That's our legal house. So that's just a part of like what I have to deal with in this lifetime to learn certain lessons. So that's why I'm always hemmed up in something legally, you know. Nine times out of ten, I'm the plaintiff, not the defendant, you know, but still, whether defendant or plaintiff, I, I learn. I learn. So, but, to, you know, to just wrap this up, this dude came out of nowhere and said they're going to crack down. And, man, I tell you, they cracked down. I met Lynn Meredith. You can look her up. Lynn Meredith. She's the author of How to Cook a Vulture. She was tight when it came to the law in relation to the Internal Revenue Service and taxes. Well, the FBI cracked down on her, some other uh, agencies cracked down on her, and she caught a case. She lacked spiritual wisdom. She went on 2020, I believe that, is that Barbara Walters? That she, is she the yeah. whole point? She went on 2020s with, with, with Barbara Walters and slammed the United States government. And I'm mm -hmm. sitting back watching like, you didn't mess up, lady. You, you, have, you know what, you have just won your invitation into prison, federal prison. It's just a matter of time. And I told people this too. When I go public with something, beloved, 99.9 .9 times out of 10, I'm on the money. I said, she's gone. And sure enough, she was gone. And I met, I met right before they convicted her, I met her at downtown at the federal court. And it's like the, the spirit guy says, don't take the elevator, take the stairs. And I took the stairs and I came to the second floor and I saw this special proceeding which was a crapping on the constitution type proceeding because the we the people have the right to sit in on trials but right. not, not shit not this one because they don't want the american people to hear this stuff and say well damn that sounds about right to us like fuck it, let's let's do what she's doing they yeah. don't want that and i met her and i said miss meredith like are you afraid how do you feel and she was like no i feel fine i was like you really think you're going to win against the government she's like shit yeah yeah she won all right 10 years federal prison time. 
and I called it. And she was on the money, but you can't expose these people. I don't have any plan to expose these people. When my man Gump and my cousin Dennis was like, hey, look, man, we're going to pull the plug on the United States of America. We're going to expose this fraud and liberate the people. Like, yeah, right. Like these people want to be liberated. Are you out your fucking mind, man? Shit, America is great to these people. They don't care about no constitution. They don't care about fucking being able to go to Starbucks and drink some goddamn lattes and and some, do some hook, go to the hooker club and to the strip club and you know and to church and to shopping the malls. You know that's America to these people. Uh, can you tell me the 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 ten bill of rights? The ten bill of what? Man, get the fuck out of my face, man! I, they don't know. But America's honky door. America is great without knowing the law. Listen, man, the laws are no good unless you have people to enforce the laws. And you don't even have rights unless you know your goddamn rights, man. And the majority of the American people don't know their rights. You interview them, they smile. You say, what's the fifth, what, what does the fifth, uh, the fifth Amendment say? Oh, I don't know it. And they start laughing like that shit is cute. You dumb fuck, you are surrounded by criminals. You laughing like, oh, I don't know. I, I'm so I know I should know, but I don't. <laughs> Somebody said something about Walmart, what have you. It's like, I hear all that, but you got to use wisdom. You got to be able to navigate. You got to be able to navigate. I'm not here just talking some shit. You can call me on anything I'm saying here. Like I got, I'm in an office. I got all my family, uh, um, my family court documents 20 feet away. I got custody of my boys. I don't pay no child support. I went through that whole system. And like most men, I had to climb up that mountain because I got hit with everything. I had to flip that shit, man. And I had a good time doing it, man. You know, I, I it was it was wonderful working the law, you know, pimp slapping them to let them know, look, I got some shit on y'all. This is civil. California Constitution says I have the right in every civil matter to have a trial by jury. I'm in family court. Where's my jury trial at? You see, I'm messing with them. You see, because I think you got some criminal, y'all took that shit away, but it's all good. Now I know what these people don't know. Now, I'll, I'll kick up some dust here if need be, but just understand I know. So let's go down this path right here. I'm going to come with some law and don't don't think because I'm pro per or pro se, whatever, whatever you see me at. Don't think because I'm that that you can screw me over because I'm dealing with a professional attorney. I don't give a damn about a professional attorney. I don't give a damn about the judge. I don't give a damn about the guardian ad life. I don't care about any of that. I am my, I am the law and I don't say that egotistically. I'm 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 seriously talking about the goddess Ma'at. Yeah. I don't need no books. I don't need no papers to tell me to do the right thing. I don't need nobody to tell me to pay child support for my children. My biological children. I don't need that. I don't need you to tell me to do the right thing. I've internalized that. You see, so I went to court with that. And so I walked out with everything that I wanted, pursuant to the law. Back to lawyer. Back in the day, I remember this black lady on YouTube teach telling everybody you can get away with taxes. Is that the lady you talking about that you ran into? Oh, that's Sherry Peel Jackson from uh, Georgia. They they spanked her. Did they? They spanked her, man. Yeah, that sister was in cold jail cells, no covers. Uh, they spanked her. Um, they spanked Lauren Hill. They spanked Wesley Snipes. I was not able to connect with these people, but if I could have connected with Lauren, Lauren, baby, the judge is giving you a way out. Miss Hill, did you willfully do it? Or did you uh, did you willfully do it, or did you not willfully do it? Legally, that makes a big difference because when you willfully do something, you're like fuck you, like yeah, I know what the fuck I'm doing, fuck you, I don't respect you, fuck you, yeah. 
That's what you're saying. But yeah. if you say, well, you know, it, it wasn't willful, you know, it, it wasn't intentional. It, it, you know, um, I was misled. I was doing it because I thought, bam, bam, bam. It was not my intent to disrespect the authority of the United States or the court or whatever. Right. She didn't do that. She was like, yes, Your Honor, I intentionally did it. My life was in jeopardy and my children, what have you. And I was like, she's gone. And sure enough, they found her guilty. And Wesley's nice. I'm like, bro, why are you putting your stuff out in the public? Uh. What, like, why would you do that? There are people who lawfully do not pay taxes, but they don't pimp slap the United States government. And like, yeah, motherfucker, I'm, I'm supposed to pay, but I'm not, fuck you. They're smart enough to just low profile and not try to teach the ignoramuses out there who don't want to pay taxes because they want to just be stupid. Like, okay, shit, I, that's more money for the strip club. So shit, I can go to the strip club on Tuesday, Wednesday, not just Friday. Shit, I go to that on Sunday if it's open. People want to do stupid stuff. That's not, it's, it's not going to ride like that. Like, no. See, in order to be free, you have to be conscious. You got to have discipline. The American people don't have no good. We don't have no discipline. Look at us right now. People going crazy in their own fucking home. I could see if you had to self-quarantine, there was an order that said you have to go to your neighbor's house to be self-quarantined. You have to go to a stranger's house. I could see people cracking up going crazy in a stranger's house. Man, these sap suckers are in their own goddamn homes going crazy. And for the life of me, man, I just cannot relate because there's no place like home. Like you're at home and you're going crazy. Yeah. You pull your hair, your hair out, you're screaming in your own home. That's insane. People, but they know it. They know it. People not used to dealing with themselves, man. People not used to being around themselves. They used to being distracted. All day long. I had a uh, ex-girlfriend. Her mother had to turn on the radio, television, uh, to always be hearing something. And I remember telling her, like, why don't you turn, turn, turn off the television, turn off the, the radio and, and sit in silence, you know, and, and meditate. She's oh, no, I, no, I, I couldn't do that. That, that would be horrible. <laughs> why? Chattering monkey, man. Yeah. I, they said, yeah, that somebody said uh, I had a similar experience with, with I forget who this was years ago. It was a female. Um, and they said pretty much the same thing. Like that sounded like a scary experience to sit with their thoughts. She said, I think she literally said, I think I would go crazy if I did that. A lot of people would, and a lot of people are, you know, like I tell people, the inconvenience to me is very, 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 very minor because I'm still doing what I was doing pre COVID-19. I watch a lot of movies, man. I study movies. I watch a whole bunch of documentaries. I read a whole bunch of books. I like to consult with divination oracles, what have you. I like to use my oracle tools, divination tools. I like to listen to music. I like to dance and high five my angels. Like that's my life. Good. But the average person can't say that. So the average person is going crazy. The average person will give in to a COVID-19 vaccine, which they are working on. The average person will submit themselves to a COVID-19 test, 
that will be suspicious. Mm. The average person will submit to a COVID-19 or just a, a general, a, a general vaccine immunity, immunity waiver or immunity card. The average person will submit to so much because the average person is not cultivated, is not developed. The average person lives in ignorance, lives in fear, lack of discipline. What do you, what's your take on the vaccines? Are you agree with vaccines? Do you think you know vaccines are good or bad? Or there, there are two answers. There's a respectful answer, whereby I am pro-choice. That's being objective and respectful. And what's the other one? Now, subjective and just being straight up South Central Gister, I don't fuck with no vaccines. I'm <laughs> anti vaccines, man. Like, look, all these books here, these this all vaccine books. All of these books from the 1700s, 1800s, 1900s, up until the present time with more books on the way. I don't play. Right, right behind your head is vaccine books? All this. All right, grab that one. Grab that green one right behind your head. Behind on your me. other shoulder. Well, this is not... All right, yeah, grab, yeah, grab that one. Now grab that one. This is the vaccine book making the right decision for your child. This is a neutral book. A lot of these books are neutral. Some of them are pro-vaccine, you see. So I'm not some person that, you know, hey man, I don't believe in vaccines because A, B, C, D, you know. I read the neutral stuff and then I read, there are some books that are, are pro-vaccine. Uh, pro and then I also have uh, legal stuff, you know, uh, things from the authorities. You know, see, what a lot of people don't understand is one of the reasons why I was successful in family court, because the vaccine thing came up and it's not supposed to, but it did. But I will tell the American people this, you, you had better learn law. Yeah, they crapped on the Constitution, they're criminal, they're frauds, what have you. But there's like this, uh, this, this, this secret uh, deal that was made that if you, if you know the Constitution and you put it in paper where a judge can read it and we know what you're about, then you got a, a, a green card, a green pass, a green light. Okay. But if you're one of these radical individuals and you're going to verbalize it and you're on the news and you're on social media and like, you know, hey, the government is, is corrupt and this law here and public law, this and that, nah, not going to work. But in my case, the whole vaccine thing came up and I had some issues with the judge, which I checked him on, but I was able to rely upon the law. Look, okay. yeah, the law, here's the law, 42 USC, United States Code, section 300 AA-342. Okay, that's federal law that states vaccines are unavoidably unsafe. They have to they have to make that law to give immunity to the vaccine makers. So they put it in a law. This pretty much forms the Childhood Vaccine Injury Act of 1986. Mm. So people, you can go there. I'm not a person who just 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 talk. Like I'm very studious, man. I'm all about the facts. You know, I have Mars and Gemini, so that's what I do. Debate. Yeah. And I'm not about to lose no goddamn idiot, you know, or to a unilinear. I refute that. That's just not going to happen because we're living in very scary times. I remember I had a I had a a, a doctor that was pro vaccine. I said, "Yo, you about to, I'm about to bring you on my channel debate the hootie." She said, "You know what? I ain't want to debate no more." <laughs> we, can do it. we I don't care who it is. Like we can do it. Like we we're talking right now. But if somebody yeah. a doctor in pro vaccine, I will get in this here and I will send it to you with the the case law of the the authorities, all of that good stuff. 
All right, so we're going to debate right now. I'm going to take the pro-vax side. You're going to take the... I just didn't want to play devil's advocate like we ain't got too many of them. Go. <laughs> Go. Let's, let's, let's do it. Go. You ready? Go ahead. Coronavirus has killed thousands of people across the globe. People in Italy are dying. We need a vaccine to stop this. Vaccines are safe. It, it cured polio. Um... It, it, it prevented people from uh, getting smallpox and chickenpox, and we have to vaccinate our children, especially at birth. So people are dying in Italy. So people have never died in Italy, Italy before? Is that what you're saying? There's been a huge increase because of the pandemic. What pandemic? The COVID virus, coronavirus. And what is the COVID, what is the coronavirus, the COVID virus? The COVID virus is the yeah. virus flu-like symptoms flu-like symptoms we have a virus that has flu-like symptoms okay and so what do those flu-like symptoms do are you are you are you inferring that those those flu-like symptoms are responsible for people dying yes you are inferring that flu-like symptoms are the result of people dying and you yes. and you're going to tell me that uh, we need a vaccine for people dying from that which is flu-like Flu-like means like the flu. Right. We are back at the flu. You uh. already have a vaccine for the flu. Right. What the fuck are you talking about then? Well, we got the flu vaccine and it's helping people with the flu. It's helping people with the flu. What does that mean, helping people with the flu? What does that mean? What that means is, is if it wasn't for the vaccine, more people would have the flu in America. So you're telling me that the vac that the flu vaccine is saving lives. Yes. What number? What we what's the ratio? I don't know. You you you're debating on something that you have no knowledge of. Like how intelligent is that? How am I supposed to debate that? That's what people say. See, that's exactly what my man Earl Nightingale said. People are doing things predicated upon what other people say and what other people do. Hey, yeah. I'm not a unilinear, I'm a quark reversal, okay? I'm a black sheep, I'm not a white sheep, I'm a black sheep. I go my own path. And right, I, and so, I, so, so how can you tell me that vaccines are bad for me? You haven't told me how they bad for me. I just told you that, you know, they're saving people from polio and flu. Okay. Well, since you don't have time, we don't have time to get it up into the resources because Americans don't like to read anymore unless it's on on, on, the, on the screen, right? This man taking his jabs, right? Okay, vaccines not being safe. Your Congress, again, in 42 USC, United States Code, Section 300 AA-342, even th these people are pro-vaccine and they say vaccines are unavoidably un safe. Your government, who's fucking you over right now, they have told you in the law books, these things are unavoidably unsafe. They're telling you these things are unsafe. How can you debate me when your authority, your master, your God, your ruler has put it in black and white and made it the law? But you don't know what's inside the vaccine. I don't know what's inside the vaccine. I don't. Do you? I, I just I just listed that on Twitter the other day. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's go over some of the things in vaccine, and then you tell me if you would eat them in a burger, or on <laughs> or in ham hock, or some Vienna sausages, you know, or some crackers, or what have you. And hey, let's look at some of the uh, 
ingredients, right? And you let me know if these things are mouth-watering, if they're succulent. All right. All right. Okay, maybe the wife can get down with some aborted fetal tissue. Put that in, in tonight's dinner, some aborted fetal tissue. That don't sound too bad, you know? Like, I'm a Catholic. We drink the we drink the blood of Jesus Christ every Sunday. Okay, no problem. Bloop. Acetone. Who? Acetone. The stuff they put in nail polish. Chemical. We could pass on that one. <laughs> okay. How about aluminum? We might need a little we might need a little bit of metal, man. Aluminum, yeah, that's brain damage. Okay, that's Alzheimer's. You know, aluminum, but that that'll mess that brain up there. But that's your choice, you know. And I'm quite sure most Americans are, have already OD'd on aluminum, which causes brain da damage, and it's a neurotoxin, right? So you're saying we need a little neurotoxin? You want some some poison for the brain? Uh oh. You can't be an intellectual. You can't be smart. Thing that you want some poison for the brain. Uh oh. Okay. How about some, uh, nah, you guys are good on antibiotics. How about some bovine albumin? Bovine an animal. Bovine, bovine what? Albumin. Albumin? What's Al that? Yeah. This What's is a, a, a substance found in blood of bovine when they slaughter animals. So, so some animal blood? Substance, animal substance. That's good for me. I like steak. Okay. I like my steak rare. Okay. We know in the West that, you know, uh, <laughs> you Westerners love your meat. Which is another subject. How Put about, that right in my veins. It'd be good. How about some dog kidney tissue? Who? Dog. Woof, woof. Bonk, bonk. How about some dog kidney tissue? Dog kidney tissue. Oh, now, now, don't give me that face there, because if you like your meat, your chicken, and your pig, you should like cat, dog, snake, alligator. Why do you discriminate against certain animals? Meat is meat, right? Dog is man's best friend. What that got to do with anything? <laughs> Shit, man kill man every damn day. Do you eat man? You want some corn and green type of shit here? <laughs> All right, let's keep it moving. How about some uh, glutaraldehyde, a chemical that causes birth defects? This is what's in the vaccine? Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, whole list. Whole list. So Pages of of good delectable mouth watering ingredients. I thought I thought I thought I thought they I thought they inject the virus pieces of the virus into me. Oh, too. We, we didn't get to that yet. But how about some? Now this sounds really good. I think you got, you're going to really buy this. How about some monkey testicle tissue? You down with the monkey testicles? <laughs> yeah, they put monkey balls. They put monkey balls in the vaccine. Are you down with the monkey testicles, man? Yeah, that's why I clock out. I'm good on vaccines. <laughs> Hey, man, and that was just the, the easy stuff. This is like 25 pages of personal notes that I have in my phone that I printed before we did, before the show started. But uh, this right here is TNT because this has the law. It has all the videos. It have these books. This As a matter of fact, you can go to the website, the DMR Herds website, and I list all these books. So you can go to the website and get a free copy of the title and the author of all of these vaccine books. This is like a one, two, three, three shelves. Uh, vaccine books uh, from the 1700s all the way up to the present time. Anything vaccine, I purchase. Fuck the internet, books. Mind-boggling information that if you go through one-tenth of them, you won't be vaccinated at all. And look, man, you have people who were doctors who developed a conscience and said, you know what? I can't do this anymore. These are doctors 
who gave up a livelihood in order to do the right thing, to let the American people or people of the world know that vaccines are dangerous, man. And but, Dr. but Dr. Fauci said we need one for the COVID virus. Dr. Fauci Ooh. said uh, it's imperative that we develop one. Oh, yeah. It's imperative that you develop a vaccine for everything. You know, it's imperative that uh, you develop a vaccine for holitosis. You know, it's imperative that you uh, develop a, a vaccine for erectile dysfunction. It's, 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 it's imperative to, to develop a vaccine for every goddamn thing because we make money off of vaccines. I don't mess with no, va I'm comedic, bro. I don't mess with no vaccine. The history of vaccine go back to Europe. Vaccine from VACA. Ever heard of VACAville, California? VACA means cow. We're going to take the pus from the cow and we're going to put it into you because we want to protect you from the cow pox. So here, take this vaccine. You don't have to worry about it because we gave it to your silly behind. That's what vaccines are. We're going to give it to you to make you immune. And you're going to be immune because you have it. You can't get it outside of this vaccine. We've given it to you. You're good. You're going out there with the rest of the sardines. <laughs> going out there with the rest of them. Let's let's talk about let's talk about um 5G. 5G. Yeah. 5Gs. We spoke earlier. We spoke earlier and uh, you said you really wanted to talk about this topic. I thought it was very interesting because some people are saying that 5G is causing a coronavirus. Is that true or not? Well, I'll, I'll say this. I can understand why numerous people are saying there is a connection or a link between corona or COVID-19 and 5G. Now, when I look at the information, I understand why, why they are saying that. Because I know that 5G, which is basically radiation, uh, another form, another form. Like, it ain't like 5G, like we were cool until 5G came along. Like, shit, you had radiation with the microwave oven, and you didn't trip on that. You know, shit, you got radiation being in your car, driving to and from work 45 minutes, 60 minutes, up and back, two hours per day. You went tripping on that. You got power lines, telephone uh, lines. Radiation, you're not, you're not tripping on that. Computer screens, uh, smart and dumb gadget devices, they're screens. You're surrounded, you're in a sea of it. But 5G, that's, that's the newest thing, that's, that, that's the biggest thing. Well, let's look at it. What does 5G do to the human body? When you're exposed to 5G energy, what happens is this thing this molecule called oxygen, which is O2, it does not easily bind with the hemoglobin of the human body. Anytime you're dealing with a lack of oxygen, you are flirting with death. You cannot live with oxygen. It is the second fuel of life. It's the primary when we deal with uh, physical, the physical, but overall it's the second because you need sunlight to survive. We don't deal with that here in the West. But after the sunlight, you have oxygen. You cannot live without oxygen. So 5G impairs oxygen uptake. Now, if you know anything about strokes, about what? 
Stroke. Stroke. Okay, I got you. Yep. That's um that's uh hemorrhage in the brain, right? Lack of oxygen to the brain. When you start messing around with oxygen, man, you're messing around with disease, lethal, fatal disease. You can, many people do, die. So what's going on with the COVID is it is affecting the oxygen, especially in the lungs. And the, the lungs, see, we focus on the colon a lot. Um, especially in the world of naturopathy, natural healing, it's all about the colon. We have the colon, the colon, the colon, the colon. And then after that, we may deal with the liver. We may deal with the, the, the kidneys, the lung, the other major eliminative channels. But when we deal with the lungs, we're dealing with something that can kill you. See, one of the forms of death, there are forms of death. Many people don't know that. There's philosophical death. There's physical death. There's legal death, right? Like like a brain dead, right? So the lungs, are, they're, they're still working, right? The heart is still working. So you're physically alive. You're not physically dead. But a judge can render you legally dead so that they can take your organs and get down with that whole organ transplant industry and, you know, all that crazy stuff. Yeah. Okay. So... When those lungs shut down on you, it's a wrap. Now, before the lungs shut down, what happens to the lungs? They collapse. They, they, but before they collapse, they're compromised. Now, we know they're compromised because of the lack of oxygen. And this was the case even before 5G, because back in the early 2000, the oxygen levels in the United States was 19%. Uh, percent. And then they went down, I think, to like 16, 15 percent. And at 12 percent, it's a wrap. So oxygen, our oxygen levels are at the lowest they've ever been. So you can't tell me that people weren't dying before COVID. OK, the facts will show you that more people died last year from the flu than COVID. Mm. People die every year. I'm a prophet, bro. I'm a prophet for the sake of your show. Mm. I'm going to prophesy something on your show. Uh oh, hit me with it. People are going to die next year. From the COVID? This this same time, what is this, April, they're going to die. No, I didn't say COVID. I just said they're going to die. Mm. See, in the Western world, it's all about names. So this is part of the control, the word control. One of the reasons why I've been so effective over the years is because I don't get caught up into the word control and the games. See, in the Western world, in the world of allopathy or allopathy, they control you by words, various words, which, which are always expanding. And they can make drugs for every word that they create and expand. So to a Westerner, a Westerner really believes in jaundice. A Westerner really believes in cirrhosis. A Westerner especially an American, really believes in hepatitis. Now, I've just named off three adverse conditions of the liver. Mm. That's man, but that's man for you. Chop, 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 chop. Jaundice, cirrhosis, hepatitis. Three drugs. I got a drug for jaundice. I got a drug for hepatitis. 
I got a drug for cirrhosis. Make a lot of money. Nature doesn't operate that way. Tehuti Mahra doesn't operate that way. What is jaundice? Something that adversely affects the liver. What is cirrhosis? It does the same thing. It affects, adversely affects the liver. Hepatitis. Jaundice, cirrhosis, hepatitis all adversely affect the liver. Nature doesn't say, I got a plant for cirrhosis, I got a plant for jaundice, I got a Nature doesn't operate like that. Nature has a plant for the liver. So whatever happens to the liver, that plant is going to restore the liver, rebuild the liver, detox the liver, tone the liver, strengthen the liver, rejuvenate the liver, re revivify the liver. All I need is that one herb, or maybe even two, three, four, five. It doesn't matter. They're all for the liver. They're hepatic in nature. And they're going to- It's strengthening, it's strengthening as, as opposed to- uh as opposed to uh, attacking or it's uh, defensive as opposed to offensive. Oh, absolutely. Because number one is organic. See, when you talk about your vaccines, see, your vaccines don't consist of all organic substances. Your vaccines consist of inorganic substances. You can't forget the law of biocompatibility. See, your wife, your daughter, your mother, your sister all require high amounts of iron. And I don't think anybody would argue with that. All people do, but melanated people require more. Right? And you know that. So what you need, nature provides to you or for you, but in two states, organic and inorganic. Now, inorganic Hell, that's rusted railroad tracks. That's fumarate. That's a substance. That's like a rock, and you can you can grind that bad boy. And you got a little powder, a metallic powder. And guess what? Under personal liberty of the crapped on Constitution, you have the right to consume that metallic powder iron, which will kick your ass, will kill you. Look up iron ferrous fumarate. It will kill your ass in high amounts, high dosages. Mm. The healer must be wise. The healer must never recommend that which will do harm. See, under Imhotep and the oath that the Western doctors take, first do no harm. First do no harm. But in order to not do harm, you got to have knowledge. You got to have knowledge. So are you going to give your wife some iron ferrous fumarate or some rusted railroad tracks, powdered rusted railroad track? Or are you going to give her some dandelion, some burdock, some yellow dock, some moringa, some red raspberry leaf, some devil's claw, some alfalfa, some chickweed, some echinacea, some golden seal? You have a choice. Organic versus inorganic. Nature does not make an iron plant. Baby, let's let's grow some 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 iron iron weed this year. <laughs> it, it don't operate like that. Yo, man, I need some vitamin C, man. Yo, man, I'm about to I bought me some seeds. I'm gonna grow me some vitamin C trees. Nature's <laughs> never made a vitamin C tree. Yeah. But nature has made vitamin C. You just have to know where to get it from. Like your citrus fruit or your kamu kamu, or your Indian gooseberry, 
or your terminalia from Australia, which is the highest concentration of vitamin C on planet Earth. It goes over there in Australia. Acer yeah. Ola Cherry, Rose Hill, Hibiscus. Yeah. You got to know where you're getting your stuff from. All right, let me ask you, let me ask you this. What is a virus? Oh, you know what? I'm hearing, I'm, you know, some people say it's, it's, it's not an organic. No, 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 no. Which is not, which means if it's not an orga, a, a organism or. No, 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 no. Mosby's dictionary. No, see, this, this is the dictionary for allopathy. See, I, I don't go by the people and I, and I respect people's opinions. But as I told you when the show started, I don't deal with the talk and the, the, the opinions and the, the, the dogmas and the doctrines, man. I don't have time for that. I like to right. deal with the authority. The authority, they told you to cover up your damn mouth right now before you go outside. The same authorities put stuff in books like this. They are the authority. So I go by the authority. Now, I would like to read from the authority. And so if anybody listening or watching the broadcast have issues, they don't have to take it up with me because I'm, I'm a busy person. They can take it up with the authority or authorities, plural. Virus. First of all, I'm on page 1237. Page 1237 from Mosby's Medical Dictionary, third edition, copyright 1990. Virus from Latin poison. We'll get back to that. That's the etymology. Virus. If you go back to the ancient Greek, uh, I'm sorry, the Romans, to them, a virus was poison. That's why it's in the etymology. Definition, a minute, now listen, listen closely, a minute parasitic, 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 pertaining to parasites, microorganism much smaller than a bacterium that having no independent metabolic activity may only replicate within a cell of a living plant or animal host. Parasitic microorganism. Hmm. See, I don't want to confuse the people with this whole COVID thing because, oh man, I, I can't escape from being controversial. I don't believe in viruses the way your medical authorities believe in virus. Deviating from the most of these medical, because they deviated. Because now a virus is something that is airborne, which is so freaking non, it's so nonsensical. Is it? Well, what if genital herpes was airborne, right? Because herpes is a virus. Well, what if human papilloma right? HPV, human papilloma virus. What if that was airborne? Well, the flu's a virus and that's airborne. But, but is it? I thought the flu dealt with acute respiratory illness. So you're confusing me, man. Like what? You can't be all over the place. What well, somebody, somebody sneezed in the air. I didn't have my mask on and I got the flu. Somebody didn't have their mask on. They sneezed and you got the flu. Right. But Tahuti didn't get the flu. So what does that say? Maybe Hotel Jesus' defense system that he calls an immune system is compromised. Maybe his respiratory system is compromised. This but something had to. But something had to trigger that. Oh, absolutely. How about 
we were talking about the law of attraction when the when the show first started. So maybe thoughts, maybe the thought that you could catch it in the first place, that you can contract it in the first place. Maybe it has something to do with thought. Maybe it has something to do with fear. What you fear will. But you said, but you said a virus can't travel through 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 air. Right, but the flu does. But the flu, the flu can travel from a sneeze through air. No, dude, what's up with all these viruses? We got a crip virus. We got a blood virus. We got a pimp. Vi like, what's up with all these viruses? Do the viruses travel through the air? Not <laughs> one. If see, we if we take the authority of viruses, a parasite. So I'm asking you, does a parasite travel in the air? It can, I guess. So a woman can have genital herpes. Go, ha chew. You like. Damn, babe, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm burning here. What's, what's, what's up? HIV. You know, HIV, you know. Uh, so what uh, you're saying is, what, you're saying uh, is what, we, what we believe we know about the flu is wrong? You damn skippy. Where'd you get it from? See, you can't see over there, but. School, the kids at school brought, brought it home. The school? Uh, the, when you say the school, what do you mean the school? Are you talking about public school? Yeah, I send my kids to school and they, you know, they with the other little kids that don't wash their hands and then they come home and they bring it home. Oh, okay. So you're telling me that they contract contracted a disease from other children. Right. And these other children, they weren't vaccinated. I don't know. Man, you Westerners are really something, man. Uh, it's see, in the East, we 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 get down to the fact we break everything down. There is yeah. confusion. Yeah, here in the West, man, you guys are are grossly confused. It, it's you guys don't know anything. Well, they got it from school. Okay, who did they get it from? They got it from school children. Okay, who are these school children? Were these school children vaccinated? Weren't they vaccinated? What is their diet? Were these school children screened by a pediatrician? All these questions. You know what? You would actually have to put this in a court of law. That's the only way Westerners will ever get to the root of a thing by putting it in court. There's a German physician who said that um, a, a so-called childhood disease was not a virus. And he offered a hundred thousand pounds for anybody that could prove, disprove him. 100,000 pounds if you could disprove what he was saying. And it went to court, it went to the Supreme Court of Germany where he won. So I simply bring that up to say that Americans and, and the rest of, of the Western world, you guys are never going to get to the root of anything until you guys go to court. Like the late, great Dr. Sabi, when they were coming against him about uh, he, a cure, curing without a license, which is really healing. I don't believe in curing, but for the sake of argument, I'm saying curing. Dr. Sabi, his salvation came from the Supreme Court of the state of New York. Why? Because if you know anything about law, a court is a place where you deal with the facts before you can get to the law. Because your facts must be substantiated by law. So a Dr. Sabi wins in court. Okay, I didn't have a case like Dr. Sabi. Won his cases? What's that? Says some people online saying he lost those cases. He won those cases? Well, Dr. Sebi only lost a minor case in Brooklyn, New York. But the ultimate case, he prevailed. Uh. 
Now, my case was not as serious as Dr. Savi because I know how to navigate, but it did come up in family court here in California. So tell me about tell me about Dr. Sebi's case and how that go or what you can remember from that. Well, basically, what was the charge? Practicing medicine without a license. The same thing they got my man Tim Morrow for. That's what they they, they get us all for that. Practicing medicine without a license. But you got to understand, I'm a herbalist, but I'm somewhat legally astute. So you cannot say that I'm practicing medicine without a license because I'm not practicing medicine at all. I'm oh. a herbalist. Mm. And what I do is not in the California business and profession code. It's not in there. You see, I stay away from government terms because that's how they bring you under their jurisdiction. So when Sabi said, I cure cancer, I cure AIDS, I cure diabetes, big mistake. Mm. Because that's their patented word. They don't tell you that the words are patented, but that's their words. If somebody says that, listen, if you use this word here, I'm going to prosecute you. You have to be violating property. You have to you have to be infringing upon property. If somebody can sue you for using a term, it has to belong to them. And it does. So when I dealt with the FDA in 2006 or 2008, I easily turned things around. I said, and I was telling my business partners, I said, when this happens, we're going to do it my way. Because I like what the FDA is doing. The FDA should own diabetes because diabetes arouses fear in you. They should use AIDS and general herpes. It arouses fear in you. And the healer should not be using those terms because these terms arouse fear and you cannot heal in the presence of fear. Mm, deep. Can't do that. That's deep. Okay. That's like. Uh, a belief in God and fear coexisting. Mm. You see, it doesn't work. It's not a vibrational match. Mm -hmm. So I was thankful when the FDA came our way because it opened the door for me to do what I always wanted to do, which is difficult when you have partners, right? But when that happened, it was my duty to get us off the hook. I said, beautiful. We're not dealing with diseases anymore. Because if someone says, if, if, if you get a phone call, right, from an allopathic doctor, oh, I'm sorry, uh, Hotep Jesus, uh, your, your results came back, and I'm, 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 I'm sorry to, to, to let you know, but um, uh, you have genital herpes. I, I'm sorry, uh, Hotep Jesus, to, to, to let you know this, but uh, your test results came back positive, and uh, you have AIDS. Uh, you only have a certain amount of time to live. You going to go throw a party, beloved? <laughs> You can go celebrate with the wife when you, you baby, I got some good news. I got AIDS. Hell, we may have AIDS. <laughs> Is it gonna arouse that in you? Yeah. You see? So when you say, let's deal with the organs, adverse liver condition, you don't hear from the FDA. You don't hear from the Federal Trade Commission when you say adverse liver condition. See, they own jaundice, they own cirrhosis, they own all of that, but they don't own liver because everybody got a liver. Wait, they actually own these terms? They own the, the, the these are patented terms that are not revealed. This fact is not revealed to the American people, which is how they can prosecute you for using the term. Now they give you a cease and desist. Hmm. Cease and desist from saying that echinacea can cure cancer. Oh, 
Oh, that's really what you're getting sued for right. using these words. That's right. You I said you said you can cure diabetes. Right. Who said you can cure my word? You got damn right. If I create something, how are you gonna make something? Yeah, this is Hotep Jesus, and uh, you know, to who he created such and such, but I got the cure to it, to who he created. You infringing on my property, my 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 creative property. Yeah. And this is this is hey man, even though the constitution has been crapped on, man, you know, we still have you know civil liability. We got yeah. criminal liability, but for the people, you know, we can't criminally prosecute, but we can civilly prosecute. We have civil liability, man. So if I make something, it's protected, especially if I get it registered. Right. You can't just be using my, like if somebody made your hat, symbol and all, by law, you have a right to send them a cease and desist. Right. That's your shit. You own that. Same thing with your beloved government. And owning the term, so I don't use their terms. So if you if you ask me what is cancer, I'll tell you that's a a low oxygen, low alkaline state. You're suffering from hypoxia, low oxygen, low alkaline. They don't own those terms. Mm. See, now you're free. You're free to do whatever it is that you need to do naturally to heal. Right. See. So when Sabi said I can cure diabetes. Oh, Sabi, no, Sabi, you can heal the pancreas, but you cannot cure diabetes. Yeah. And I understand that. I don't deal with genital herpes. Now, I can help you heal from genital herpes because, number one, I can break it down. See, uh, genital herpes, herpes, simplex, herpean, Latin, to creep. What creeps? But isn't herpes a virus? And what's the definition of virus? A parasitic microorganism. So when you got genital herpes, usually you get it from creeping around on your on your spouse or your mate. And then you got a little creepy critter or two or three or four or five in your system creeping around, messing with you, burning you, call uh. puff to ooze out of you. Uh. Messed your whole sex life up. Man, I can't even tell you what genital herpes does to people. But I'll say this. Herpes is a blessing in disguise. Because it's uh, not the end of the world. Now, if you deal with the Western world, if you deal with Western medicine, you're going to have genital herpes for the rest of your life, according to them. As if you cannot expel a parasite. Uh, As if you cannot heal your body from what's not supposed to be in your body. Uh, so how are you going to tell somebody they can never heal? Now, I almost died of bronchial asthma at age 12 back in 1982. Doctor told me, now this is what caused my mother to go into a depression and then nervous breakdown because he told my mother to prepare for me possibly dying. There was a 70% chance at age 12, I was supposed to die. Mm. That was the second event that brought me closer to the universe or, or to God or whatever word you want to use because I didn't want to die. Mm. Just didn't feel right. I'm like, that's not fair. I don't want to die. I want to live. I want to stay here. Subconsciously, I got work to do, but I'm not consciously knowing it back then. Right. So I have that conversation with God, that second conversation with God. The next morning, my mother comes in and checks me out against medical advice, because had I stayed, I would have died in that hospital. Mm. Yeah, I was going to die in that hospital. But not at home, you see. So my mom took me out. Yeah, I was sick, but I wasn't going to die. Right. And so I never embraced bronchial asthma. I never embraced having it or keeping it, keeping it for the rest of my life. And I became very studious. So mid-90s, I got into health, so-called alternative health. And in alternative health, I got into herbalism and herbology, game changer. It was a wrap. 
Mm. Because in studying herbology, I ended up learning about biology. I ended up learning about all these organs. My issues was lungs, weak lungs. What made my lungs weak? My beloved mother and my beloved environment. My beloved mother cooked me white rice, mucus for me. White mm. bread, mucus for me. Uh, uh, aborted stuff that comes out of chickens called eggs. Mucus for me. Hog malls, meatloaf, fried chicken, pancakes, waffles, flapjacks, bacon, grits, all that good sounding stuff. Pussa, I mean pizza, hot <laughs> cream, I mean ice cream. You know, cake, pastries, all of that, all that mucus forming stuff, man. And my weak energy was the lungs. And so in 1982, it was overkill. And the body says enough is enough. So I went to go see Megaforce at the AMC Carthon Cinema, which is defunct. The next day, I was coughing like crazy. I coughed so hard, I flipped over the couch. I couldn't even walk, man. My pops had to carry me into the hospital. And I went to three hospitals. The third hospital is where they diagnosed me. We got to keep him here. He may not make it. He's in bad shape. And I was like, damn, just two days ago, I was on top of the world. Now I'm about to die. Like, what's up? He has bronchial asthma. I'm like, what the hell is bronchial asthma? I didn't know anything about the bronchi tubes. I didn't know anything about mucus and how mucus causes inflammation. When you look at Mosby's, and you look up all the diseases that end in itis, that's inflammation caused by mucus. See, the Western world won't tell you that because they want to make 20, 25, 30 drugs for the same damn thing. Uh. See, meningitis, we know menin is Latin, right? Brain, right? Itis, inflammation of the brain. Uh. Nephritis, nif, Latin for kidneys. Nephritis, inflammation of the kidneys. HEPA is Latin for the liver. Hepatitis, inflammation of the HEPA, inflammation of the liver. So whether it's nephritis, hepatitis, vaginitis, tendonitis, arthritis, meningitis, colitis, card, I mean, it goes on and on to the break of dawn. It's the same thing, man. It is the proliferation and the inundation and saturation of mucus. Mm in the body, certain areas predicated upon the energy. Your mucus may be in your brain, for me, may be in my lungs because your weak energy could be in your brain. My weak energy could be in my lungs or in my kneecaps or my ankles or my wrists or what have you. See, our energy is weak in different locales of the body, which is why disease expresses itself differently, uniquely, because we're all unique. So the Western world is not going to deal with this. Like, are you nuts? We make trillions of dollars of chopping your body, not physically. You know, they're not far from it, though. But it's like the hospital represents your body, man. We got you divided and conquered, man. The first floor, like you go, you you will go see the cardiologist on the first floor. Now, on the second floor, you go check out the podiatrist. On the third floor is the endocrinologist, you know. Fourth floor is the cardiologist or the optometrist. Some part of your body, somebody who specializes in some part of your body is on a floor. All right. the way up to the 23rd, 24th, 25th, 26th floor. Right. 
Those four represents body parts. Right. Any floor you visit, you're gonna get a bill. You get a bill for your heart, somebody work on your heart, you're gonna get a bill. Yeah. That man work on your brain, he's gonna give you a bill. Yeah. You work on your feet, he's gonna give you a bill. So if you if you visit six of those floors, you got six bills. <laughs> the same person <laughs> same body. Six different bills. Yeah, shout, to, shout to Kristen. She said, thank you for the knowledge. Greatly appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. You know, I um I, I, I saw a big red flag in how the government responded to this thing and who and all these people. And they were all saying pretty much the same thing. Wash your hands, wear your mask, get the vaccine when it come out, right? But what none of them ever talk about is immune system. They never talk about immunity. Of course. They never say, yo, uh, you might need some vitamin C. Yeah. Eat some oranges, strengthen your immune system. They never say that. You don't see it on anything. None of the politicians even talk about it. They're smart. You see, they get their information from the CDC, who is in the back pocket of Big Pharma. Mm. So Big Pharma is not going to teach you about your immune system, which is really a defense system. Right. But there is no immunity from doing the wrong thing. You can't drink no goddamn Clorox and think you're going to be immune from the consequences of that. So you have a defense system and your body would do its best to help you out. It is your humble servant. So if you teach people to build up their defense system, so-called immune system, they don't need a vaccine. They don't need the drugs. You really don't even need the, the vitamin C, like the supplements, because the supplement industry is kind of segueing into the pharmaceutical industry. So they're doing a lot of standard standardization of plants so that they can conform to this, what they call the CGMP, the uh, current good manufacturing practices. And so they can get certain little certificates and certain little symbols on their jars mm -hmm. of their products. That's why they're doing that. You know, people say, yo, man, you got some Tongat Ali. You got, you know, what, what's the what's the ratio? Like the ratio, it's a plant. Like in, in the natural world, we don't deal with ratios. See, you, you, you're dealing with the Western world. You deal with numbers, social security numbers, the driver's license number, your inmate number. Nature don't deal with no numbers. You know, man, how you know you get enough calcium? Well, how the fuck does the, the horse know? You know, how? Like, they, they're not into that. They, they, they're not expecting, inspecting grass before they eat it. They just eat that shit. <laughs> and they get enough of it and they leave it alone. Yeah. <laughs> and then they come back to it. But the human being is like, well, yo, let me see here. Uh, how many grams of protein? And look, listen, it's too much. <laughs> These people are crazy, man. I mean, no respect, no disrespect to anybody. I'm doing my best to be respectful. But you think about it. Think about it. All this stuff here. Well, how much calcium is in here? How much iron? How much this? How much that? What were people doing before we had all these numbers and these RDAs, recommended daily allowances? What were people doing? You see, if you go to the east, you know, and you go to uh, parts of the earth that uh, was under regulated by nature, you didn't have all this stuff here. So you didn't need a license and a certificate and this food is not a, a GMO. You didn't need all of that, certified organic, they didn't mess with the pesticides, you know. You didn't need all that. They respected nature. They wasn't speeding stuff up to grow. They didn't have a, 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 an industry. 
you know, the Native Americans wasn't just killing buffalo just to be killing buffalo and selling that shit to other tribes. You were <laughs> killing the buffalo to satisfy their 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 hunger. And it was just like a lion. A, a lion is a natural carnivore, a natural meat eater. It doesn't eat every day. A lion eats twice a week and only when it's hungry. So the lion is not throwing off the ecology of planet Earth. Human beings are because they got you eating three times a day and in between. They got conveyor belts of, of meat. You know, human beings are now, especially those who eat slaughtered animals, are walking goddamn graveyards. Uh-oh. Because you got, you got dead bodies. Your graveyard, right? Where do dead bodies go? Uh-oh. They're not cremated. Uh-oh. So they're, they're, they're buried, right? They got to go someplace, you know? So, you know, you got these walking cemeteries not realizing that you're not even a real carnivore like the tiger, like the lion, you see? But to, but to, but to each his own. But to each his own. So I'll just bring it home by saying the Western world, man, will confuse you if you don't know. It will, it will greatly confuse you because calcium, they got a number. And you don't know who they got that number from. See, that number comes from a white man in, in his mid-40s. And they're telling you that the numbers for this white man, middle-aged white man, is applicable to all women, regardless of race, including the white woman, uh, teenagers, children, uh, to the black race, uh, to Asians. To, you can't do that. That's why you have ethnobotany. You know, you have the ethno uh, pharmaceutical, ethno pharmacology, ethno predicated upon ethnicity. And so this is why we get messed up, right? Like I'm from South Central Los Angeles. So back in the 70s and 80s, the government gave the poor of us free cheese, free dairy products. Now, if I know that we're lactose intolerant, they gotta know too. So why would you give these people something that's gonna mess them up? These people are naturally lactose intolerant and you're giving them powdered milk and, and cheese and all type of crazy dairy products. What's up with this? So that's true. White people uh, are, are cool with lactate. Well, they can tolerate it better than melanated people, but it's no good for them either. Uh. They can just tolerate it. They, there's more of a uh, of a. They have a higher tolerance. They have a higher tolerance because of circumstances. It's like okay. uh, the Arabs, the the Bedouins. You know, they'll tear some kefir up, right? You know, whereas if a melanated person eat it, you know, they're farting, gassy, toe up. You know, you can't tolerate it. It's not for you. But because of those conditions, they're in the desert. They don't have much food. So they take the the dairy, well, not the dairy, but the, the substance, the liquid substance from the camel, and they'll let it ferment. And so they got them some kefir or some yogurt, you know, and that they can eat that to survive in the desert. Right. We, our circumstances are, are different. And we're, right. in the matrix. we're in the matrix. We're tore up over here in the matrix, man, because shit, you know. We don't even know what food is. Congress said bubble gum is food. Bubble gum, bubble gum has zero nutrition. Zero new like when you understand that food nourishes you, and the way you get nourished is by way of nutrition, nutrients, it's easy to know what food is. Like celery is food, like tomato is food, right? You know, yeah. orange is food. Because I know for a fact I can get some nutrients from these things. But some goddamn bubble gum, some goddamn bazooka bubble gum, that, that's food? 
what does that give me? How much calcium am I getting from this bazooka bubblegum? Yeah. You know, how much potassium am I getting from this big bowl bubblegum? How much magnesium am I getting from this big red bubblegum or chewing gum? Where's the nutrition at? So these people will confuse you. If you don't know your stuff, man, you will go to a health food store and you will have all type of bottles of nutrients, supplements, because again, they isolate. So you got vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin E, vitamin L. You, you, you know, you got all these minerals. Potassium is in a bottle. Calcium is in a bottle. Magnesium is in, in, a, in a bottle. You know, manganese is in a bottle. Biotin is in a bottle. It's like, well, goddamn. Like, I, I gotta go buy, like, you know, if we have 102 minerals, I gotta go buy 102 bottles of minerals because somebody said I gotta have minerals. See, nature is not like that. Nature's like, that's too much goddamn work here. So you eat this right here, eat this moringa. You know, eat this Irish moss or this sea moss, you know, this bladder rag, you know, or this blue green algae or this hydrilla or this kelp or this dulse, you know, that's what nature does. So nature is, is, is simple, is, is easy. Whereas man, especially Western man, he's gonna mess you up, he's gonna confuse you. So you can be taking, like when I first started out, you know, you can be taking niacin, right? <laughs> Not knowing that you, you gotta do an anti-flush type of niacin. You take niacin because you don't supposed to have niacin, right? 30 minutes later, you're like, oh shit, like goddamn, like what, what's going on, am I dying? You, you know? <laughs> That flush hit your behind and you don't know what's going on, you know, but damn, I got to go through this to get some niacin. That don't sound right. The horse don't go through this. The cow don't go through this. The rabbit don't go through this. Like, and they eat, they got to have nutrition. So how come they're not going through what we go through? Because they don't mess with nature like man does. Man will isolate like cocaine, right? Cocaine or controlled substance because everything will be controlled. It's a controlled substance, like it's a substance, but we control it because that's what it's about here on prison yeah. planet, you see? But the people in Bolivia and Colombia, they chewed the coca leaf. And you have never heard of a Bolivian woman or a Colombian woman tearing off her clothes or, you know, hey, I'll give you a blowjob, you give me some coca leaves. Like you've <laughs> never heard that. You know, like wrestlers on cocaine. Like a dick for a $5 rock, you know, what's up with that? And it's coming from the coca plant. But in one form, the people act natural. They're energized. They're working in the coca field and they're energized, chewing on the coca leaf. But then the West says, uh, we want the alkaloid that give it its property, the, the energizing property. So when you take the cocaine out of the coca, now you have isolated the alkaloid, the major alkaloid. Now in its whole form, it was stable. So, uh. so when you're stable, you're like, cool, you can walk. Hey, how you doing? Hotel you're, you're stable, right? You're emotionally stable. You're mentally stable. You're spiritually stable, physically stable. But when you take the alkaloid out and consume it, when you just consume cocaine, or you, you, you snort it, or your base, or however you get into your system, you become unstable. Uh. You are what you consume. And co uh. cocaine is unstable. And that's why it has to be controlled. It's a controlled substance. And it's like that across the board with the heroin, the cocaine, any of your aims and eans, caffeine, uh, cocaine, across the board, that's what you deal with. So if you do some um, cola nut, if you do cola nut, if you do yerba mate, 
if you do guayusa, you're getting balanced caffeine. It's bio-caffeine. It got other things in it that balances the caffeine. It's bio-caffeine. It's active. And it interacts with other constituents. of Other compounds. Exactly. Yeah. So that means your body uh, absorbs it quite differently than when it, the caffeine is isolated. Safely, it's, uh, safely and effectively. Where if it's, and here's the thing, we're not even dealing with isolated compounds from plants anymore. We're dealing with things that are inorganic and manipulated and put under a microscope and its molecular structure matches the molecular structure of the original thing. And by law, because the synthetic thing has the same molecular structure as the real thing, I can call the fake thing the real thing. So man can sell calcium now. God made calcium, nature made calcium, but man can make it in a laboratory and sell it and profit from it. Magnesium, potassium, zinc, iron, you name it. Synthetic, all these synthetic drugs. But it's a hell of a hustle, though. You got to give them profit. It's a hell of a hustle, man. I mean, trillions of dollars are being made at the detriment of humanity, right? The third leading cause of Americans is iatrogenics. Doctor, physician induced death. This is the medical term. You can look it up. Iatrogenics. The third leading cause of death. Number one, heart disease. Number two, cancer. Number three, iatrogenics. Iatrogenics. Doctors all killing people. All day long. If you look in the California Penal Code, section 187, which is murder, that's why you heard the rapper like, yo, 187 on the E that I sing. All that crazy stuff, that's from the California Penal Code. That's our statutory provision for murder. What's the what's the penal code? California one eight seven one eight section one eighty seven. So when you see when you see the the album cover of Easy E talking about one eight one eight seven on a motherfucking cop all day long. That's from the penal code. These are West Coast rappers from California. Snoop Dogg, Easy, they're from California. So they were under the California penal code. So they knew those provisions. But under California penal code section one eighty seven, second subsection, it says. Uh, this, the statute for murder does not apply to doctors who perform abortions. Uh. The immunity for a doctor for, both, for, for performing an abortion is under Section 187. Wow. You know why they do that? Those people out there who are saying that abortion is murder, they know what the hell they're talking about. And it's backed up in law. Uh. The immunity for killing a baby, an uh, unborn a, a baby, of course, uh, a fetus. It's in the penal code, man. Section one eighty seven. See, I was gone somewhere in my head, and you just came and, and smacked me upside the head oh, with that fact. I mean, this man didn't mean to do that, man. It was incidental. But it, it's so much, man. And that's why I tell people I'm like all over the place. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's slow down. Let's slow down and go back. We gotta go back. We gotta go back. The penal code. 187. Code, 187. Yeah. Under that code. Damn, they just put that there as protection. Yeah, that's protection for doctors. Doctor. What did you say before that? It was something else you said before that. You were talking about something else. Um before, Huh? Or are you talking about the when I was talking about drugs or no after that. Uh, I mentioned uh, Penal Code 187, giving immunity to doctors for abortion. Right. 
Um, damn, was something I was going to okay. ask. Damn. It'll, well, it'll, 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 I'm quite sure it'll pop back. Shout to shout to Sax, I'll kill $50 super chat. He said, thanks for bringing Jehudi on. Great info. Yo, appreciate you, yo. Appreciate you, man. Um, man, this is this is this is really fascinating on how the the law thing gets gets intertwined with all of this stuff. Well, it has to. Like, if you you saw Devil's Advocate, right, with the Keanu Reeves and uh, uh, Al Pacino. Yeah. Yeah. Go back and watch that movie, man. Um, minutes before that movie ends, and Keanu Reeves discovers that Pacino, his character is Satan. He discovers that uh, his father is a, a Satan. And Satan has come back to planet Earth in physical form. There's a return there. And Keanu Reeves says to his father, he's asking the question, Dad, why law? Why law, Dad? Why the law? And Pacino's character says, because it's the new priesthood. It's the ultimate backstage pass. Backstage pass, the backstage. See, a lot of things that got us hemmed up in law is not done in, in the front before the people. It's done backstage. A lot of the laws that, like the Patriot Act and various state acts uh, that have become a law, legislation, they're done backstage. And they gave it up in their movie, The Devil's Advocate. Uh, the new person, the ultimate backstage pass. I remember what it was now. Thank you to Tip Top, uh, Hasegawa, uh, Ayo, uh, Aya Atrogenics. Oh, Aya Atrogenics. Aya Atrogenics. Now, the other day was funny because I was in a talk with somebody and we were talking about the COVID and they said, well, you know, a certain amount of people that were hospitalized have died. And I said, you know, the key part of that statement is, is were hospitalized. Right. Right. (laughs) Under the care of the hospital, these right. people are dying. If you go under the care of the hospital, you're not supposed to die. That's right. That's at right. least that's the impression that you're told. And, and if, if you look at when these people talk, you gotta pay attention because they'll say, under the care of the hospital, here are the numbers. So then I ask people, I say, um, what's the protocol when somebody is admitted to a hospital? You know, How do they treat the person? You know, what, what, what do they put in this person's body? Now, we know the first thing they're going to do is going to give you an IV, right? I'm fine with that. You want to hydrate? Great. But then what do they do? They feed you that hospital food. Meat, cheese, milk. You know, all these things that the hotels know you ain't supposed to put in a sick body. Things that cause mucus. Then you wonder why your Uncle Joe never recovered while under their care. Also, you need things like sunlight. Do you get sunlight when you're in a hospital? Right. You're not getting an adequate amount of sunlight in the hospital. They won't even let you leave your room or your bed. That's right. How are you supposed to get sunlight hooked to this device that they call the intravenous IV? You got to study those hospitals. You know, you can go in the hospitals, like here in California, every hospital, before you enter, there's a sign that this facility contains things that the state of California has determined to cause cancer. You know, and you read that and it's like, damn, like this is a hospital. Like this is a place where people are supposed to go to get well. But you're telling me, you're warning me that inside this place are things that cause cancer. Like, you know this. 
and you won't do anything about it. You know, so you have a blanket of death over the nation and it is applicable to various aspects of life in this nation, in our, in our society, death, uh, acceptable death. And the I would say the greatest example would be your so-called medical system. It's totally unnatural. Now it does have its purpose and its place, make no mistake. You cannot get shot and then come to me or any other herbalist and say, yo, what you got? You know, not for a Glock 9 a bullet wound. Like, I don't have nothing for your ass. You know, you need to call 911, go to the hospital. Because when it comes to surgery and, and sewing things back on and taking out bullets and sewing up a stab wound, the old lady didn't cut you, the, you know, a boyfriend didn't went off and did something crazy, what have you. You go to those people. The war medicine. Yeah, those people, they're, 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 they're great at that, you know, cutting into the body and sewing the body up. You'll never look the same when they get through with you, but you'll be alive, you know. And as far as quality of life, you know, that, that you know, either or, you know, no, no one knows, but they do have their purpose. But for a person like me, you know, it's just not a place for me. You know, like I need oxygen. I need nature's oxygen. I don't want no oxygen that's compressed in a tank because that's a drug now. That oxygen is a drug. That, that, that type of oxygen is regulated. Now, the, the, the air that we breathe is not regulated, but the air coming out of a canister, an oxygen tank, that's regulated because it's compressed air. It's not normal. So they have processed it, and by law, they can patent it, and they can charge you for it. So you get your doctor bill, you know, it's like, damn, $370 for oxygen? Dude, oxygen is free. This can't be in a hospital, but in a hospital is not free. So these people are, yeah, and I know people are like, well, he's attacking Western medicine and allopathy, what have you. And it really is just comparing and, and contrasting. All I'm saying that, like, look, if you have common sense, uh, reason, if you're, if you're logical, what I'm saying has to add up. It has to. See, look, look at this, man. Look at your look at your numbers. Most Americans are dying from heart disease, right? Right. That's a, that's a degenerative disease, right? Right. That's something that people are doing. A degenerative disease is something that people do. Do it themselves. It's a lifestyle, right? And diet is a part of the lifestyle, right? Cancer, that's something people do to themselves, right? Right. Iatrogenics. Some somebody does to you. A million people dying from iatrogenics. You could be healthy, vegan, all of that, and be a victim of iatrogenics. Doctor, kill your ass. Come on, man. That, 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 that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound, and there are people out there who say, you know, hospitals are bad, and, you know, especially for black folks, we can't trust them, don't go to the hospital. And they'll leave that conversation and tell you that they're about to go get their prostate examined at the hospital. They think nothing is wrong with that. Like, that's the haunted house over there. Yeah, I ain't fucking with that shit. Michael Myers, that motherfucker on the first floor. Jason Bowie's on the second floor. Fucking Leatherface on the third floor. Shit, I ain't fucking with that. And get through the conversation like, yeah, man, shit, I'm about to go into the motherfucking haunted house. It's like, dude, you just fucking said Frankenstein, Wolfman, all these fucking monsters are in this joint. Are you going to go there? I <laughs> But again, we're talking about Westerners, man. We're talking about, especially Americans. Uh -huh. Yeah, something is wrong with us, beloved. And a lot of things we talk about, 
go on. Something. What about what about what do, you, what do you know about the ventilators? Because my girl's in the healthcare industry, and she said that um, people that get on ventilators, you know, majority of the time don't get off. You know, they die. Right? The ventilator is really keeping them alive for you know the family's sake. You know, for the last few moments. The ventilators are killing people. Look, man, when you suffer from hypoxia, you don't need ventilation. You need oxygen. It defeats the whole purpose. You know, but ozone, ozone therapy, these good things that would counter hypoxia, especially if it was intravenous. Hold on, hold on. The, the, the Donald Trump, Dr. Fauci, they said hospitals don't have enough ventilators. We The celebrities said we got to raise money for ventilators. We need ventilators. Then you get on the Hotep Jesus show, Jehudi Ra gets on the Hotep Jesus show, and what do he say? Ventilators is killing people. Oh, absolutely. This is what these people do. You know, these wars, they know people are going to their deaths. They know that. These people know what they're doing. <laughs> the things that these people do are straight calculated, man. These people know. These people knew what, what crack cocaine was going to do in the inner cities. They didn't have to figure it out. They know. They do the stuff in in, in advance. How does the ventilator kill people? First it's of all, when people have low oxygen, they have hypoxia. Okay, so a ventilator is not putting oxygen in the body. You have was to put it? oxygen. See, a ventilator is not an ozone machine. It's, it's not an oxygen machine. There's a difference. Okay. So there's a difference. So if you have the, I'm saying that these people have hypoxia. Okay. I'm saying that these people have risk. They have acute respiratory illnesses, man. Respiratory illnesses. Right. And a ventilator sometimes called a respirator. Now, a respirator is not the same thing as an oxygen machine or a machine that provides oxygen. See, if these right. people were smart, man, they would do the most radical thing, man. But it, it'll never happen. It'll never happen because these people will walk out of the hospital with super duper uber health. If they would intravenously put oxygen, enhance oxygen in people, it man, like it'll be over. Like this will never happen. I, I get into a lot of wishful thinking. I'm just a positive, optimistic person. But uh, a lot of things I know would never happen. But I'm telling you that if it did, if it would, lights out for the, like the tyranny, lights out for the medical tyranny. Because when you get into ozone therapy, oxygen therapy, different balls. So wait, hold on, hold on. Different balls. The ventilator is supposed to be, I guess, basically breathing for you, right? I guess your lungs don't have the capacity to breathe, right? That's dangerous. That's, that's like... um. Uh, with the people with uh, 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 diabetes um, uh, for the kidneys, I forget the name, of the, the term is slipping my mind right now, but it'll come back to me. The lungs need to work for you. Right. Because see, if something is breathing for you, your lungs are getting weaker and weaker and weaker. They collapse and bloop, flatline. Oh, I see what you're saying. It's so, not getting the workout. What's the, the term for the dialysis? The dialysis. Right, dialysis. Uh, the people with adverse kidney conditions. Right. Dialysis machine does what nature, what God made the kidneys to do. So the kidneys get weaker and weaker and weaker. You have to use these things. Right. Allopathic medicine will let them get weak. They will atrophy. And then then a doctor will say, you don't need that. You don't need this organ. You don't need your uterus. So right. cut it out. We're going to do an ectomy, a hysterectomy. You don't need your prostate anymore. We're going to do a prostectomy, you know, you don't need your tonsil. We're going to do a, a tonsillectomy. You know, these people are known for taking organs. Like, wait a minute. Like, 
I was born with it. Like it, it has to serve a function or a purpose. Like, nah, you don't need it. You're telling me I don't need my tonsils? Like I was born with it, but I don't need it. You know, yeah. I don't, I'm a woman. I don't need my 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 uterus. You know, yeah. from beyond you know having children, the, the childbearing years. You know, I, the uterus is a woman's second brain. You're telling me that I don't need the organ that houses my second brain, my feminine brain? I was born with it. You know, I was born with these things, and you're going to just take it out. Yeah, they took my appendix out. You know, they took a lung out. You know, they took one of my kidneys out. You know, I mean. So what does someone do? What does someone do? You know, the doctor says, look, your grandpa, you know, he's he dying. We're going to put him on a ventilator to help him breathe. What should he do instead? Oh, I thought you was about to say, what should he do? I was like, go home, shit, and, you know, get the funeral uh, papers out and the insurance paper and all that stuff there. Because, <laughs> shit, he's going to die. But, you're, <laughs> but, but, but no, no, you were going with alternative. I thought that's what you were, were going to ask. But no, you went, you properly went in the direction of alternatives. Yeah. In a case like that, what a person should do, like not dealing with the hospital, don't even go there asking for these things. Like it, it, it's, it's so opposite 180 degree opposite polar opposite you like whatever you're going to do don't let them know if it's alternative in nature don't let them know but okay all right we're talking 180 degrees right you go home you take the person home because home is always safer than the hospital for degenerative diseases okay for degenerative diseases make no mistake i am clearly stating degenerative diseases because these are reversible diseases these are diseases that can can be repaired can be restored reversed by lifestyle because lifestyle improper lifestyle caused it okay you okay. the improper thing so now we're going to give you information for the proper thing to do you take that person home because at home they have windows see they don't have well they have windows in hospital they just don't open them yeah. so at home you know you have the natural uh, ventilation but more importantly you can subject the person to steam, good old steam. Your lungs, they love steam. If you can't afford a steamer, I have an infrared steamer. I used to have an old fashioned um, hot rock uh, steamer. And if you can, if you have the space and you can afford those, by all means, get one. I mean, you know, these are, I think, the, the professional term that we're used to is uh, sauna. If you can afford, they have like the little units where one person can fit, two, two, three people can fit. If you can afford them a few thousand dollars, get one. And it will come in handy right now because the lungs will greatly benefit from that steam. Your lungs love steam by way of the nose. Is was the hydration? Well, it's not so much hydration. Now, steam is a form of hydrotherapy, but it's not hydration. Now, your hydration is going to come from drinking the alkaline water. Right, which is a city, right? Right. What's the steam doing? Now, what the what the steam is doing? It is a form of, of hydrotherapy, but it's outside the body, and it's, it causes the body to throw off toxins through the pores. But more importantly, it opens up those clogged nasal passages. See, it's hard to get oxygen into your body through your nose. You know, when your your nose is a cave of of boogers, dried, hardened, stubborn, phlegm, uh, mucus. Boogers. So it's hard to, you know, to get that flow. So when you get in that steamer and you can put in some essential oil of eucalyptus or cajaput or white camphor, a spruce pine needle, a fir needle, spruce, all of that good stuff is going to open up 
the nostrils. You know, your nose will run, you know, maybe some stuff will come out, you know, some 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 phlegm, some boogers, what have you. But in the spirit of Tony Braxton, you're going to be able to breathe again. See, people with acute respiratory uh, issues, they can't breathe. That was me. That was me until I took a whole bunch of mullein leaf, fenugreek seed, and cayenne, put it together, which is which are the ingredients for my mucus buster formula, and overdosed on that formula for two weeks, spitting up globs of mucus. Spitting up globs of mucus, man. And after two weeks walking to work, I stopped one day and said, wait a minute. I can breathe again. I wasn't able to breathe this clearly for years. And now I can breathe again. Because what did the cayenne pepper do? What did the fenugreek do? What did the mullein do? It countered the hardened, stubborn mucus. And when I had asthma and I was wheezing for air, why was I wheezing for air? I wasn't drinking enough water and I had a lot of mucus, a lot of pus in my lungs. So to get water, my lungs constricted to squeeze water out. That's why we have those attacks. Our lungs are attempting to work on our behalf to save us. So what the steam does, it opens up the nasal passages that air has to go in. You know, if, if you had a crud of boogers in your nose, I mean, yeah, you could be in, in, in the air, you could be in the environment, but you wouldn't be able to get air through your nostrils, man. The air can go in your nose because of the boogers serving as a block, as a barrier. So the, the nose has to be open. Are you familiar with the neti pot that the Ayurvedic people or the Indian people use? The neti pot, which is a mm. little pot. Yeah, so like, it's, like, it's a little pot with a, a hole and it looks like a genie bottle. Many of them look like a genie bottle or a, a long spouted um, a, a, a tea kettle. And you put in warm water and a little uh, pink salt or, or sea salt. Um, and you put it in one nose, tilt your head and the warm water travels the bridge and comes out on the other side and opens up those channels. So when you get through, I mean, man, you can really breathe. See, Western, we can't really breathe, uh, beloved, because of our diet, you know, and we stay in a lot of uh, closed um, establishments, a lot of uh, closed homes, uh, hospitals, uh, hospices. We're, we're in like a lot of closed facilities. So we don't get a lot of like oxygen. You know, and then our diet is crap, you know, it, it mucus forming. Everything we eat is dead. You know, we all got a morgue in the house called the refrigerator. You know, we're good with these names, too. We don't call it the morgue. You know, we call it the refrigerator. But it's going to the morgue and looking at the body of the dead chicken and the dead cow and all these other dead animals in the morgue. Because in Europe, they keep their cheese, right? They keep their cheese out. Their cheese is considered living cheese. We're like, oh, that's disgusting. It's fermenting. The holes are, are forming in it, you know. So we put it in the morgue. Because that's how you slow down death. So we have to slow down everything. You see, that's why formaldehyde is so big. Again, you talked about you were pro-vaccine, playing devil's advocate. How does a formaldehyde sign, uh, sound to you? Uh, Wifey, you know, you get a glass of uh, wine and, and pour some formaldehyde <laughs> in it and uh, take it to the head, man. How does that sound? You know? I mean, that's double formaldehyde because in the West, they use formaldehyde to process many of the wines. Yeah. And formaldehyde, you know, so Westerners, you know, the eyes get all dim, what have you, and look all droopy and sleepy. Eye. That's that ether, you know, and then that formaldehyde, that's a neurotoxin. You're not supposed to embalm the living. 
you're not supposed, you can, right? You can on the personal liberty, you can, but you're not supposed to do that. That's not intelligent. Right, right. Those, uh, 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 from the East, uh, uh, Eastern perspective, it's not intelligent. But, you know, this whole COVID and, and, and the respirators and, and the ventilators, hey, that's an allopathic thing, man. That's, that's not my domain. That's not my realm, you know, to each his own. You know, if you come to me, I'm saying get in the sauna or, or do some facial tinting. Put a towel over your head, uh, get a, a pot of boiling water, let it boil, drop in a couple of drops of essential oil of eucalyptus, the cajapud, the white camphor. Put a towel over your head, bend over that, that boiling pot of water so that that steam can get in uh, through the, the nostrils, man, and open you up so that you can breathe, so that you can breathe, okay? That's that's the, the first thing, though. You need that immediate uh, relief, right? And, it's, and, and, and relief and healing are two different things, okay? So before we get to healing, we got to give you some relief so you can tolerate the healing, right? Have the strength for the healing, right? So the next thing we do, which is really the most important thing, we turn to those plants. We got to put those herbs in your body. Now, foods are great, you know, doing your vegetable juice, eating your salads and, and, and your kale salads, all, all that stuff is great. That's alkaline. But we got to do some serious healing. We got to go to the herbs, plant-based medicine. We got to turn to the blood root. As controversial as it is, it is one of the most potent pulmonary herbs on planet Earth. Why is it controversial? Well, because of so-called alkaloids that Western medicine says is dangerous. Now. As somebody who is under natural healing, uh, naturopathy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, I don't listen to those people because I know most of the people who are saying certain things about my field, they don't quote unquote practice in my field. They're over there. Okay. And the things that I deal with, uh, it counters many incentives that they receive. Okay. There's a lot of money involved, right? Herbs are very cheap. You can't patent them. Uh, you get faster results. And you can get off of them. You don't have to be on herbs your whole life. I had a friend who was taking heart medication for 17 years. She said, baby, Tootie, I, I can't stop taking my heart medication. And I was like, well, damn, Melody, like, what the hell are you taking the medicine for? It's for my heart. And how long have you been taking it? 17 years? And your heart ain't fixed yet? Like, you don't have enough sense to say, this shit ain't working. I need something else. That's, I mean, think about it. You know, so you got people doing certain things here in the West, and we just don't think. Like we're supposed to be doing things to get results, right? Because if I'm going to use a gadget or something like that, that gadget has to get me back to where I was before it. Yeah. Don't don't put me on the the, the, the prescription eyeglasses and then tell me that I got to get a stronger prescription every two right. years. The fuck, like that's a hustle to me. Like right. I, I need my own damn eyes. I, I I need to be able to use my own eyes to see. I don't want to be handicapped, you know, or walking on a cane. You know, uh, you know, you got all type of gadgets all sold into your body, like the bionic man, the bionic woman would have. Like, no, I want to get back. I need my reset. People talking about the re this is a reset. Well, let's talk about the health reset. Let's get back to where we were uh, before we got messed up, before we became adults, which is short for adulterated being. That's what adult means. It means you're adulterated. 18 years in a public food system, and then you're an adult. Your ass is corrupted, polluted, toxic, messed up. You can go on out into the matrix. So you're an adult. So this is why your biblical character, Jesus, says, if you come into me, you got to come as a child. A child is not an adult. A child has not been adulterated. A child has not been polluted. You know, keep messing around in the matrix in the public food system. They will be. You know, that's their system. 
you see. So, but anyway, we uh, uh, a blood root, but blood root is only controversial because of alkaloids. All the controversial herbs are controversial because of the alkaloids. And I'm saying that herbs are not like drugs. Herbs have intelligence. Your body has intelligence. So the herb is not going to harm you. See, I'm down to take 25 capsules of blood root, but are you down to take 25 capsules of value, doctor, <laughs> you know, or any other drug? You make it Cialis, make it Viagra. I take 25 of any controversial herb and you take 25 of any non-controversial drug and we'll see who wake up tomorrow. But anyway, I digress. We gotta get the blood root. We gotta get the golden seal root. We gotta get the comfrey root. We have to get the fenugreek seed. We have to get the uh, cayenne or the cassicum fruit. We got to get the mullein leaf. We got to get the eucalyptus leaf. We got to get the wild cherry bark. Okay, a natural source of codeine. Natural source counters coughing. Okay, now when I say counter coughing with the wild cherry bark, it doesn't stop it. It works with it, speeds it up, so the cough the cough is shortened. It doesn't stop it like the drug. You take this drug and you know you don't cough anymore. A cough with a natural body reflex so that you can expel phlegm or mucus. You see, so the wild cherry bark, very important. The white pine bark, very important. Trees are the lungs of the earth, man. Trees are the lungs of the planet. Okay, so when you consume trees, they have an affinity for the lungs. You are opening up your entire respiratory system. The tonsils benefit, the nostrils benefit, the, the bronchi tubes, ben it opens up. So when we have a brush fire and we destroy the, the trees, what have you, you know, we're coughing, we, you know, we can't breathe or what have you. There's some, there's symbolism to that. The trees are the lungs of the planet. And what, what, what? certain trees with our lungs help our lungs. Pulmonary herbs, go ahead. What's happening legally with these uh, alkaloid plants? You know, I understand that they're controversial, but are they saying that we can't use them? Are they saying they're illegal in the United States? I know like Ibogaine is one of those things, right? Like the Iboga plant, uh, they're trying to like ban in America and whatnot. Is it like that type of situation? It is banned. Um, uh, Ibogaine is banned in America when it shouldn't be. It is an African plant that if we had our stuff together as, as a African people or descendants of Africans, we should have access to uh, Iboga. The Ibogaine is that we're dealing with that isolation again. Right. Be better than, you know, all this other stuff. That Iboga root, yeah. But if we could get the actual plant, which is, by the way, is, is um, the king of the entheogens. Okay, that's the king of the entheogens. Entheogens, this, this drink that I have here is an entheogen drink. It has certain herbs of an entheogenic nature, entheogenic properties uh, that tune you into the, the God within makes you feel euphoric, creative, and all of those things. Uh, if we were able to get the Iboga, not only will we get off uh, um, the drugs, our lives will go in a different direction because Iboga is an entheogen. See, drugs, man-made drugs, put you to sleep. Entheogens wake you up. So if you, look at the if you look at the etymology of the word entheogen, it means to awaken the God within. See, drug puts you to sleep, put the God within to sleep. The entheogen wakes you up. So the, the Iboga works in large part by making the drugs that you're addicted to taste nasty. You don't want them anymore. And then the, the other uh, side of that, uh, Iboga helping us to get off drugs is 
giving us that natural high that Curtis Mayfield sang about in that song from the Superfly soundtrack. The man can't put no thing on me because my high is a natural high. You know, mm-hmm. yoga is that natural high where you're just feeling good. So you don't need to get high. Come on, man, let's do this shit. Let's go get high. And I tell people, like, I've never had to get high from, from a substance because shit, I'm already high. If you're telling me you need to get high, you're telling me that you're low. Like, yo, uh-huh. I'm low, shit, fuck that. I want to get high, so heroin, cocaine, what have you, to get high. But what type of high? It's a temporary high, and it's going to bring you right back down. And you want to get high again. You know, you want to do the drug again to get high again. So you go back yeah. and forth, back and forth. That's where that wear and tear come from. You start looking all crazy, and the eyes get all big, and you look smoked out, what have you. That's the tax on the body, not so much just from the drug, but from the highs and lows of the drug. Right. So I want to, I want to, I want to, I keep harping on his blood root, right? Blood root, yeah. It's controversial. You can, is it America or? you can get it, right? You can get it. Certain certain distributors will give you that warning. Like, listen, by law, I can sell it, but I have to give you this warning, this caveat. Okay. Right? Now, there are other ones like Ephedra. Ephedra caught a bad rap because of Ephedrine. And ephedrine is not the same thing as ephedra. Right, it's isolated. If you would have left the ephedra alone, we could still have ephedra today. But ephedra was messing up the the quote unquote weight loss industry. Ephedra was it, it was it was kicking butt because the ephedra was doing everything that people who didn't have time to get in the gym or who just didn't want to, ephedra was getting the job done. You know, they uh-huh. earned the fact they had the energy, they were feeling good. I, I, there was this particular female who used to work at a, a, a now defunct VP discount health. And uh, she was she was doing the federal because it was almost like a, a drug, like feeling high. I mean, she was just so high and she would move around and she began to drop those un, unhealthy pounds from just moving around, which she never did before because she was in a funk. But the ephedra, and I'm not saying ephedra is, a, is an entheogen, but ephedra was known for energy up there with the, your ginsengs, your ashwagandhas, uh, your cardinopsis, and your other energizers, which there are a whole bunch of. Ephedra was getting the job done, but it took a hit for ephedrine, man. And ephedrine is the isolated alkaloid in ephedra. And so if you leave it alone, the people are not going to have any problems like the people of Bolivia and Peru. They don't have a problem with the coca leaf. When the Spaniards took the coca leaf away from the uh, the Incas and the Mayas when they was working in Potosi, there was something called Lemita, where the Spanish made the uh, slaves, the uh, Incas and the Mayas, work in Potosi, which is a, a hill in Bolivia, which is where uh, three-fourths of all the silver on planet Earth came from. Oh. They had to stay in there. They couldn't come out. They had to stay in that hill for six months. Oh. And they were collapsing left and right. So the Spanish had to undo their law and say, hey, we got to unban the coca leaf, which is like a coca to the Native Americans were like Iboga with the Africans. Right. They had to switch that law up, bring all the coca leaves into La Mit, into uh, 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 Potosi, and so that the, the enslaved Incas and Mayans could chew the coca to get the energy. And also, too, when you have plants exposed to the sunlight, the secondary, secondary uh, transporter of sunlight, you know, chlorophyll, plus the yeah. what have you. And so that's how they, most of them were able to serve their six months, you know, if they didn't die. And I don't know right. from dark history, but my, my point is uh, these people were not coked out uh, on the coca leaf in Potosi. 
they were right. guys, you know, for that particular purpose. So what's the warning? What's the warning that they send out when you go and purchase this dragon rule? Well, here's the thing. Most people can't even purchase it. You know, it's only for like the herbalist. Okay. okay. For example, the native, I'm not the native, but the, the, the Indian community, the, those who practice or those who are in, uh, who embrace Ayurveda, science of life, right? This is the Indian uh, natural health modality, right? The Chinese got TCM, the Japanese have camp, Campo, you know, we have the Africa holistic health. So all cultures have their modality. Well, the Indian people who uh, locate, relocate to the United States of America, which is heavily regulated by the FDA uh, and, co and a couple of other regulatory bodies, um, these people in a regulated society get to use certain herbs that are banned, um, that, ha that have a red mark. There is a company here that if you want to sell your herbs online, they do a test. There's a certain software and they have a red flag or orange flag, yellow. Well, this particular herb called Bala, B-A-L-A, Ayurvedic herb, which is the aphrodisiac and a heart tonic, one of the best herbs men can use, especially if you're dealing with ED. Um, great herb. You can't get it. The, the Even the Ayurvedic people, the Indians, they can't get it unless they go to an Ayurvedic doctor. By law, they have to be allowed to use it. And so if you go through them and they put together formulation, you can have Bala. Now see, we're supposed to have that with the Iboga, man. And no people on planet Earth need the Iboga more than African-Americans. And we know what happened in the 1980s with crack cocaine. But the Iboga would even benefit Caucasian people. And you know what Caucasians are, are, are going through um, with their, their modern, uh, uh, their version of crack cocaine, right? With the, you know, the heroin epidemic, boys, you know, the Ebola would, would work for that. Now in France, you, you know, you can get it. Canada, uh, Germany, you know, Europe, even though Europe is part of the Western world, Europe is, is like totally different from the United States of America. Like, uh, like America is really the worst. You know how you hear people, America is the greatest country on planet earth. And, and look, in certain respects, it is right. You, you, you would just be a hater throwing shade if you just, condemned America like that. Like we're, we've talked about a lot of horrible. Sh well, maybe not a lot of horrible shit, but, you know, enough horrible stuff. Right. Yeah. But still, though, you know, um, um, there are certain things about America. She's a shit. Right. Like she's a shit. And you got to give her that. Right. Right. But then in, in certain area, other areas, she, she's effed up. Right. She's the worst. Right. You know, the, the, the people of Canada, they got a cool health care system, you know, uh, and Germany, you know, uh, Spain and all these other European nations. Like it, it's totally different from what we have in America. Like we're asked out in America, you know, legally, we're legally like like we pay taxes to be asked out. Like we, we pay taxes to be sodomized. Like, like it's horrible to be like sodomized against your will. But then like, okay, like I just violated you. The motherfucker, give me $500. But sodomizing your ass. I'm like, what? Like, I didn't enjoy that. So you can pay for something <laughs> that you didn't enjoy. <laughs> like, this dude be taking so many jabs against him. But no, seriously though, they're just certain things, man, that we, we get screwed on, man. Like legally, like, like legally. And again, it goes back to how we started the show. We don't understand the, the constitution. Like, if you don't know your rights, 
you don't have rights. Now listen, listen, man, I'm just, I'm one dude, right? But I got some stories for you dealing with government. I've had run-ins with the police. Look here, man, you have never heard me talk about the police beating me up, mistreating me. As a matter of fact, I, the last time I got arrested, the cop was like, hey, are those cuffs too tight? And I was like, yeah, they are. This sap sucker got out, walked around, opened up the back door and loosened the cuffs, man. I mean, he, he was giving me like the criminal royal treatment, you know? Which, yeah. which most people don't get. You know, I wasn't roughed up, hemmed up or anything, right? And so when I get out and I do my own legal pleading, it's case dismissed, case dismissed, case dismissed, case dismissed. You see, so I, I like I can't crap on like America. Like, yeah, it, it's tyranny. You know, it, you know, we, we're under statutory democracy. But man, I, I look at the law, man. You know, I'm ma'at. You know, so I believe in the principle of law. Like, um, we got some good law in America, right? Damn good laws on the book. They're just not implemented, man. They're just not enforced. I believe in those laws, me, the individual, so I get the result. I think it was Sir Edward Coke who said, he said, the, the knowledge of the law is like a deep well upon which every man and woman draweth from according to the strength of his understanding. Mm. Sir mm. Coke said that. The knowledge of the law is akin to a deep well that every man and woman, every citizen gets to draw it from that well according to the strength of his or her understanding. So the more you understand that law, the deeper you can go in that law and you can bring up some remedy for yourself. There's all law offers remedy and recourse. And I get my remedy and recourse. And yeah, the constitution has been crapped on and and we're under tyranny and, and all type of things. But that didn't stop me from getting my just relief and just remedy because I believe, and I've done I've done the homework. Just like all these vaccination books, I got a whole legal section, you know, four or five bookshelves, nothing but law books, family law, tax law, traffic law, all types of law. Because again, in America, you know, Westerners, they splice stuff up, you know, and easy law. Right. You know, but over here is a civil law, you know, like in the movie Fatal Attraction. I need Jimmy. I need you to represent me, you know, because I didn't practice family law like the fuck, like law is law, but not over here. You know, it's family law, civil law, criminal law, corporate law. You know, you got all these type of law that you go to school for. And like I tell my daughter, you know, who is on her way to law school, I let her know that it's like it's good that you're going to be a lawyer through the system. But me, like I could never do it because I know that the system is isolated, you know? And when you do law, I stop myself after Bruce, Bruce Lee. My legal uh, method or modality is judicial jeet kune do. And, okay. and the reason why I call it that is because in the astral world, I used to visit Bruce Lee so much in the turn of the century. And we had these awesome discussions. And I would go to bed. Who, Bruce Lee who? You and Bruce Lee? Yeah, in astral Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee the, uh, the, the Chinese master? Yes. Man, Bruce Lee, the greatest fighter ever lived. You, you met, you ain't never met no Bruce Lee on and the astral plane. I met Bruce Lee nine something times, man. And okay, on oh, the astral plane, exactly. Okay, well, I was only three when this man physically died, but that man switched over and like everybody else, astral plane, the lore astral realm. Right. We would always have these conversations, man. And at one point, I could not get it between civil and like criminal. 
And I remember one of our sessions, and we go to these beautiful places, man, you know, like Buddhist palaces, restaurants, and that, and we're just always talking. And most of the time he had on his game of death jumpsuit, that orange one with the, with the I mean, the yellow one, the little bee suit with the little black lines. And I remember one day waking up and I woke up with it and I was like, got it. Crime, injury to the person or property, civil, contract or tort. Like I ran with it. I, I woke up and just, I was like, damn, Bruce, like he gave it to me. So that's why I named my modality in honor of him, judicial Jeet Kune Do, way of the intercepting fist. Because when I learned law, I could defend against anything. I could, I, I don't care what it was. If, if you came at me, Man, I was so good with the law, I could intercept your blow. And I don't care if you was the lawyer, like the district attorney, the city attorney, I was good because I got it. Like I got that law. I've internalized their law, but more importantly, I've internalized the law. I've internalized Ma'at. I wear that name, Ma'at, you see. And I'm not gonna use the law to try to make money. Like, yo, bro, give me $4,000, I'll give you some sovereign papers. I give you your papers, your your, ne your neo slave papers. You can give the rulers this, so you you don't have to pay a traffic ticket. You ain't got to pay taxes. I don't operate like that. I operate with the law. So a lot of people who are talking the the talk, the sovereignty talk, what have you, when they get in trouble, they'll call me because I get down with statutory law. And a lot of people are like statutory law ain't real law, but it has the effect of law. See, a court order is not law, but it has the effect of law. That means they will execute this bad boy as if it was the law. Because, hey, we got the power. We got the gun. You're like, that, that ain't lawful. That ain't constitutional. So fucking what? I got the gun. Who got the gun? Like in that movie, <laughs> who got the gun? <laughs> you know, they got the gun. <laughs> so when you know that, man, it's like, okay, like you got it. Like in the movie Juice. No, who got the juice? You got it. So, like, okay, yeah, you got the juice physically, you know, playing the game, but. Backstage, I got the juice. I got a homeboy. He went to federal district court. You cannot argue taxes in federal court, right? I mean, they don't, they're not trying to hear that because it's unconstitutional. It would, it would pull the plug on, on, on this fraud here. Right. I said it, I said his pleading up in a way that was gonna box the judge into a corner, right? I'm like Aesop with this. So uh, once you file that lawsuit, I love to have that lawsuit that conformed copy because you got to deal with the shit now, man. So. I'll make it look statutory the first two or three pages. And then after that, I'm hitting with some constitutional stuff, some, some controversial sovereign arguments, what have you, that you got to deal with backed up by your law. No, no matter how archaic it is, it hasn't been repealed. So you can right. deal with it, right? And then you have stare decisis and all these other things that are at work whereby you have no choice but to deal with it. And so the judge got the paper and she looked up at my friend. She was like, are you, you didn't go to law school, did you? And he was like, no. And she you know, puts her head back down as she's thumbing through the, uh, through the pages of the pleading. And she comes back up and she looks at him and she says, she said, I can't let this go to trial. She said, I'm gonna need you guys to work this out. You know, this was his, his job, right? He was doing the, the sovereignty thing, tax, you know, not paying the taxes. Um, and normally they were like, oh no, you gotta pay. Like, psh. but in this case right here with the law and she was backed into a corner, yeah. like I can't let this go to trial. But at the same time, too, I can't dismiss it. You right. work this out. And they worked it out. He got his money. They ended up letting, letting him go. But legally, they gave him his back pay, took care of him. And then once everything was cool, it's like, yeah, you're, you're a pain in the ass. Bloop, you're gone. But um, I just say that to say that I, I've had the successes in, in court, man. You know, mm. if, if, you, if you do your homework, if you're humble, if you're smart, and you're mannerable, and you respect the system, you will prevail.
So, I, you know, as we close out, we ought to close out here. I just want to think about, I keep thinking about this black lady that um, sure. was teaching the, the taxes. Huh? You're talking about Sherry Peel Jackson. Yes. Sherry Peel Jackson. Yeah. How'd they get her? Well, Sherry's arguments were like everybody else's, but in all due honesty, from my, I researched all these cases. So from my research of the case, a lot of it, you know, that, that whole racial element came out because we got to make an example out of you because, you know, Joe Bannister and Red Beckman, all these people, you know, I'm mean, like, they had money, you know, and, and, you know, it's like, they they weren't tied into a people who were like oppressed and you know who who would really be open you know quote unquote down to get out of paying taxes what have you it would have been very detrimental for for, for Sherry Peel Jackson to do what a lot of the successful white uh, former patriots uh, did so if you go down the list of who was convicted all of the blacks got convicted every last one of them. Every last one of them. And you is, is is that you think that's racially targeted, or do you think there was and and in this particular case with the the blacks who were arguing the same thing as the whites, without a doubt, because it's it's the same argument. It's the same argument. It, was there another argument that could have been made with that would have had them? It's, a, it's the same argument, man. Your your taxes are unconstitutional, and everybody in the movement is using the same thing, the same case law, you know, the same IRC code section, like across the board. On, on this side, it was all love. It wasn't no race thing, you know. It just came down to the judge's ruling at that point. We just want, you know, our rights, you know. You know, we want to live on a constitutional republic. You know, we're standing on our rights. And so it, it was no race outside of the court system. But in the court system, that's where I witnessed the, the racism because it was the same arguments in all of the Blacks. Every last one, even the people like Lauren Hill wasn't promoting like sovereignty or what have you. Right. She attempted to do what the sovereign people were advocating. Slammed her. Wesley Snipes, uh, slamming. You know, you so if you do the research, you'll see that all every last one of them, like no black ever went to court and won that particular case. And there's a whole bunch of cases, man, where whites went with the arguments and embarrassed the system. And I'm like, I, I'm glad for them, you know, because, you know, you want to see somebody win? Well, with my, with my I operate under my, it's just about truth, justice, and, and rights. I don't give a shit about like race and gender and and you know all of that. It's all about right and wrong. Right. And so it's like like that dude is right. Like even these people over here, they were right. The system was wrong. You know. So with the judge, they just got the judge, uh, a judge that decided to rule against them. Oh, absolutely. You know, and and it wasn't like there's been some whites. I have a friend. Uh, who's sitting in federal prison right now, who was probably one of the most dangerous modern day Americans. He's a Caucasian dude. His name is Dave. I won't say his last name, uh, but he'll die in prison. And I mean, this dude was like the Osho of law. Uh, he, he was tight with it. And he ended up with a multi-million dollar company, paying his employees in gold and silver, uh, taking land because he knew all the land was owned by the Bureau of Land Management. And they would cut off the water and the power and he would just install solar panels, what have you. I mean, he was really worried. He was like a real threat. And they ended up uh, framing him, um, framing him for allegedly threat threatening internal revenue agents, federal judges, some other bureaucrat. I mean, it, it was wild. The accusations against this dude, it was just so wild. But, uh, and you know, it was BS. 
Um, and then you look at what this did, what this dude did, and he was complying with the law. He was he was paying his employees and going still. He wasn't withholding uh, taxes, and these people were getting all their money. I mean, man, he he was he was really doing a damn thing, man. Uh, he was selling his his nutritional supplements. Uh, he was just doing it all. I had never seen anything like that, and I was privileged to strike up a friendship with this dude and have you know two, three, four hour conversations. Just just a profound dude, man. Just very dangerous. You're not intimidating, not physically imposing, but just dangerous because he knew the law. He knew American history and he applied it and he was doing damage. And it's like, you know what? You got to go. And I tell people that like these people will railroad you to protect their enterprise. That's why you can never get arrogant with this. I said earlier in this show, I quoted the biblical character Jesus. Be ye wise as serpents and gentle or humble as doves. And that's the golden rule. You can't go in there grabbing your, your nut sacks and thinking you're the G and you're going to punk the judge and you're the employ, employer and the judge is the employee working feet like that. That's not going to jive. Every judge has the same middle name. God. <laughs> Every judge has the same middle name. God. Have a God complex. Not just doctors and lawyers, but judges too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, and I know some people who uh, were successful, you know, it's just, you know, cases were never uh, instituted, you know, cases were never filed because of that wisdom. I had people that like was in our circle, they would call me and say, you know, hey, Tahuti, the FBI stopped me on the way to work. And they were asking, who's your leader? Who's your leader? Who's your leader? But everybody I was dealing with, they knew to say, I don't have a leader. God is my leader. You know, I learned from Pro and their machinations would have. I wasn't going out like that. You know, you have no leader. You know, when well, you guys are meeting at this place here in Glendale, you know, is he your leader? No, he's not. We don't have a leader. We don't have a leader. We just get together and we just do our thing. You know, and then you have people calling like, yo, man, my neighbor's call said a van is parked in the front. And these dudes are looking through the house with these tele, these, uh, um, what is, uh, like binoculars. But these were some digital type of, you know, uh, some of these type of new computer spyware type binoculars, right? Mm. They, were, they were looking through the house and his woman was in the shower, you know, so they thought it was kind of like some pervert type stuff, but it was a white van. And because of what was going on, you know, we knew it was, you know, the FBI. And a week or two later, they stopped her. She stopped to get a breakfast, a breakfast burrito at some place. Uh, and they they accosted her uh, while she was getting her uh, breakfast and interrogated her for like 40, 45 minutes, made her late to work, um, asking questions. You know, they got me. They got my cousin, Dennis. Uh, they got his uh, woman in Tennessee. I mean, it was wild, man. And all we were doing was exercising our rights. That's all we were doing. But because we stayed in the law and we had the spiritual law to protect us, nobody had any problems. Nobody was set up. You know, nobody was railroaded, you know. Uh, nobody in that circle went to jail. We used statutory law, constitutional law, and it, it was all good. You know, I, it got to the point where judges were like, "Mr. Myra, am I going to see you again?" Like it was, it was, it was a, 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 like a, a privilege and an honor to meet a citizen, you know, that knew the law and could represent himself the way that I did. And I wasn't adversarial, as a lot of people are, very adversarial. What right. at all? Yeah. Yo, shout out to Brody. It's fifty dollars. Appreciate you, homie. It's a great time to be alive. There's so much beauty and bounty all around. So many good people. Keep building uh, me amigos. Hotep. That's three hours of great content. Yeah. Gems on top of gems. Like that, man. Yeah. Tauli, thank you for coming through. My pleasure. Um, 
Y'all, his his link is in the description box. It's the first link in the description box. You can go and purchase. Tell him about your uh, the products that you sell. This ain't gonna get me in trouble because this COVID nineteen boy got the sales off the chart. But nevertheless, if you understand the time that's involved in, in making these uh, products naturally, you know it's all to the good. You know um, you can support. But uh, you know we're dealing with a thousand all natural uh, products, uh, no fillers, no additives, the real deal, holy field. Full body detox, uh, you know, if you're attempting to release weight that you call a uh, lose weight, we have everything for that. Basically, we have everything for everything. I don't care what it is, you know, well, except for death. We have nothing for, for death. If you did, that's it. We cannot bring you back to life. I'm not trying to. But, you know, your so-called weakened immune system, your so-called STDs, your genital herpes, and, you know, your obesity, your diabetes, and older issues, and discharge, and fibroid tumors. You know, we have it all, all, all natural. And not just products, but information. The, the products work with the information. Word. That link is in the description box. Make sure you check them out. So, Hootie, my art, Ra. Tell you, man, the hotel community got some titans over here, man. And anytime y'all ready to intellectually battle, let me know. I know the jokers that are, that are just battle any one of these people, y'all swear, know something about something. And when y'all want that that COVID, that corona, coronavirus news, y'all know where to come. Hotep Jesus channel. We did the Tahuti Mahara. Great, great information. Once again, thank you, homie. My pleasure, beloved. My pleasure. Thank everybody for listening. Tuning in. Y'all be able to hear this on soundcloud.com slash Hotep Jesus in a few days. Uh, my daughter, my intern, will have that up uh, right on the channel for y'all. So you'll be able to hear this in the audio version uh, as well as YouTube. Peace out, y'all.